0: and welcome to The Filmcast, a podcast about movies. My name is David Chen, and you know, Uncharted was the number one movie at the box office this weekend, so I guess Uncharted just charted. Yeah! You know, the CSI Miami guys, anyone?
1: David you, can't, you can't CSI with Miami the,
0: yourself, Dave. With the, with the putting the sunglasses on it. You're not allowed anyway. to
1: CSI Miami yourself.
0: <laughs> joining us, joining me today, I should say, is Devinder Hardwar. I was going to
2: say more like charted, because it only <laughs> covers territory we've already seen. But now I'm going to go with, uh, thankfully, 30 years later, I finally have my Marky Mark Indiana Jones movie.
1: <laughs>
2: thankfully? <laughs> thankfully. You didn't see my posters growing up, Jeff.
1: Mm, and Jeff Kanata. I'm going to review the movie tonight in varying stages of Tucked. Tucked. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, uh, those are, of course, all oblique references to the fact that we're going to be reviewing Uncharted today. But before we even talk about anything else, we got to introduce a very special guest today because this week we have a very special episode a Filmcast DLC crossover. Joining us for today is our friend, our co host, and actually a nemesis because he actually takes a lot of time away from Jeff Kanata when yeah. Jeff could be working on Filmcast stuff. This is why we can't record on Sunday nights. Thanks.
1: That's true.
3: Thanks. Mr. Christian Spicer. Wait. You know my brother, comma Sam? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? I am confused. I thought I thought you said you knew my brother, comma Sam. Oh. Mm. Uh, happy to be here.
0: <laughs> Welcome to the podcast, Christian. Dave,
1: Thanks for this having is like me. This is like a Sony exclusive on the Xbox console. It's like Batman in a Marvel movie. It's mm-hmm. like uh, what? It's like Godzilla going into town and having lunch with Bruce Willis. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or Godzilla versus
0: Kong. You could even say I that was would gonna, be you know, even was, easier I,
1: reference. i was trying to zag instead of mm-hmm. zigging.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Love it, love it. Well, Christian. Welcome to the show. This must be so weird for you to hear Jeff in another environment. This is like when you see a coworker at the grocery store or something,
3: right? Yeah, I mean, it's uh, as a longtime listener of the show, I, I unfortunately
1: know what I'm getting in uh, into, and uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Little did you know, Dave, that this is all part of my plan to overthrow you.
0: mm Hmm. Hmm. This is this is you've staged a mutiny tonight, exactly. Right yeah, now. I'm
1: yes. just uh, yeah, I'm, I'm forming an alliance Indeed. of trust positioning your troops
2: around uh, this uh, weakened area around the film cast. I see how
0: it is, that's, yeah. that's right. <laughs> well, that's not going to age well after World War Three begins, but yeah, mm-hmm. Well. Mm-hmm. yeah, well, at least you got to say the words weakened area anyway. You can find more episodes of the show at thefilmcast.com. Email us at slash filmcast at gmail.com. Today, we're going to talk about some of what we've been watching. We're going to move on into some weekly plugs and conclude with an in-depth review of Uncharted, the new Ruben Fleischer movie starring Tom Holland and Marky Mark. It uh, wasn't always going to star Tom Holland and Marky Mark. It wasn't always going to be a Ruben Fleischer movie, but that's what we ended up with. And we're going to talk about the implications of that. Hmm. Uh, I also want to mention, of course, you can recommend stuff for us to watch using hashtag slash tag. And if you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash film podcast uh, sign up for ad-free episodes and exclusive After Darks. This month, we are reviewing every movie in the Scream franchise leading up to our review of Scream 5 next month. Uh, so if you want to get those episodes, patreon.com slash film podcast, where you can get them.
1: All right, our folks. Scream uh, streams? Is that what we're calling them?
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, n- uh, scream streams? Is that what you said, Jeff?
1: Yeah. Scream, scream streams.
0: Non-stop stream, Scream, Screaming? Scre- yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, was, I th- that was me trying to come up with another word that rhymes with stream, and I I couldn't just now. You could. Do you want to go with dream?
1: That seems like spleen.
0: F- spleen. Yeah. That, that'll happen. Spleen. You laugh so hard. We watch our spleens you've out. Your speed. This is this is a rough segment, guys. I'm Amazing. sorry about this. Yeah. <laughs> I blame Christian. Christian, I'm really sorry. You know, you've thrown off the whole comic timing of the podcast. Is what's ho- occurred. Oh, that's um, cute! You guys have comic timing.
3: Otherwise, <laughs> 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 usually it's you're trying to say something, and then Jeff butts in with a pun of some kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How dare you? Yes, yes. Well, anyway, How dare you guys, accurately
1: represent the beginning of this podcast.
3: <laughs> usually, on this
0: podcast, we just dive right into what we're watching. We have so much stuff to talk about. Um, but you know, uh, sometimes we like to take a step back. You know, we like to see what's going on in the world. Uh, film news and things of, of import in the world. We talked about Oscar nominations last week. This week, there's a couple of news stories that have occurred in the last couple of weeks that uh, I just thought worth mentioning. One big one is that MoviePass is relaunching. It's back from the dead. You guys remember MoviePass? Pass? Uh, oh, those who don't hard, remember. Yeah. It's hard mo- to
1: remember pre-COVID, but yeah, <laughs> you know?
0: MoviePass started out as a relatively reasonable service. I think you paid what forty, fifty dollars a month, Divendra. You you, was, you were one of the uh, early yeah. uh, adopters of MoviePass when it was actually like a
1: reasonable business model. I I had like it was 2012. Squeezed the life out of. He squeezed every last (laughs) morsel of value out of MoviePass. Didn't you? Well, uh, I mean, it was
2: because uh, I was a member when it was fifty bucks a month. Yeah. Yeah. And I wrote about it back in like 2012, and then uh, it got popular with the new ownership and everything. But there, there is a bit of a like drama going on about how it's coming back, right? Yeah. Well, they got they got
0: a new seat. Basically, long time ago, it was fifty dollars a month. Then somebody was like, you know what? what if we just started giving tickets away at an extremely high velocity for $10 a month? And that's what happened for a couple of years until you know, people realized this is a terrible business model. We're hemorrhaging money like mad. And uh, then the whole thing shut down. But yeah. now it's coming back. And here are some of the details. Um, so according to uh, a recent presentation, uh, MoviePass is going to have virtual credits that roll over every month. Um, subscribers can use their credits to bring friends to the movies and there'll be a a tiered payment system, although prices have not yet been announced. But here is the the most important news uh, that attracted a lot of headlines, which is that customers can watch ads in order to earn tickets that can, Mm -hmm. uh, I'm sorry, earn credits that can be used to buy movie tickets. And there's going to be eye tracking technology employed to make sure you watch the ads in a Black Mirror-esque twist. So Movie Pass is coming back with eye tracking this time. And also potentially NFT NFT stuff,
2: guys. Oh, why not? Why not? Yeah. Just get, get all that in there. Get all I will that say stuff this though. Like it is very I saw what was happening on Twitter as this was going down. I want to say the uh the background of this, the context of this is that this is a form of justice. And I'll put it this way, because uh, <laughs> a, form. a form of justice, Stacey Spikes, the original CEO of MoviePass, who is a super smart guy. I've talked with him several times. Uh, he's a former executive at like Motown, Miramax, Sony. He's been all over the place. Um, one of the like also one of the few like black tech CEOs I actually have been able to cover. Because there just haven't been that many, so I have wanted this guy to succeed forever. Uh, he was basically pushed out of MoviePass when it was uh, under new owners, under like private equity owners, and then the new guy, um, you know, came up. He was the guy who came up with the uh, the Redbox plan, basically like dollar a month DVDs, dollar a day DVDs, right? Like that was his genius idea. Yeah, um, that guy came up with the ten dollar plan and like. You know, he comes up with good numbers that may not be sustainable, and that's what happened. And Stacey Spikes was basically able to rebuy his company after uh, as it was on auction. So yeah. the original so it, owner, it would be
0: poetic yeah. and kind yes. of beautiful if he could come back and turn it into something it succeed. Yeah, yeah, something that was actually good and useful. But it does well, sound a little bit dystopian, don't you think? Domingo? It's
2: a, well, listen, folks. Uh, <laughs> I think I actually talked about this in 2019. Um, as something I was covering at Gadget. So uh Stacey Spikes came up with this thing called pre-show, which is basically that entire idea, right? The idea that uh you could watch ads um for movie tickets. And that was his idea after he was pushed out of movie pass. He was like, okay, this is a thing I could make. And yeah, that that gave me Black Mirror vibes right back then because uh he basically figured out a way to use the face ID in iPhones to make sure it's like authentically you as well. So it's scary. Like, it's well, a scary thing. Yeah, They're
1: falling right into my trap, Davindra, because <laughs> for months now, I have been investing in mannequins, ventriloquist <laughs> dummies, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. poster life-size uh, human cutouts. You really want I'm the HIV lane. Yeah. A bank, a bank <laughs> of faces that will be only gazing at ads <clears> day <throat> after day, hour after hour, so that I earn tickets by the fistfuls
0: as the long tickets. as you got those eyes in there looking in the right direction you're good to mm-hmm. go as right? long as you have some corneas in there i think you're <laughs> going to be just fine uh, but christian spicer curious like are you a member as many of us have been in the past of the prestigious amc a list uh a list and if not does movie pass entice you is this something that interests you
3: I, I am an OG Movie Pass uh, subscriber back when it was more expensive than it was valuable. And then w-
2: was it a piece of paper you brought to the theater, Christian? Because that's OG. That is, I have a handout. <laughs> I bring the handout to the ticket I counter, handout. and I'm like, "Listen, Movie Pass is a thing. and This is my ticket to get into your movie. Okay? I would like to see your
1: papers. Give me your <laughs> papers.
3: A, I mean, it was a printout. It was it? Was, hmm. but they didn't have like the card, right? Later, they, they didn't have they the gave card. You, like, the credit card came card. later. Yeah. No, but I. It was a, It was an email printout with a. Um, uh, not a QR code, what are those, a UPC or whatever, sure, whatever those sure, things whatever. are on it. Uh-huh. And then it was talking to someone who didn't care <laughs> for a <laughs> <Yeah>. long time, <laughs> trying to get, I felt like I was This a is real. Year this is a again. real thing. Scan it. Yeah. I'm 18. This is, this is a real ID. Let me get into this rated R movie. I just scan it already. Um, <laughs> but I'm not an AMC Stubbs person. There's not an AMC super close to me and um when movie every, every the chain way.
2: has their thing now i just joined the regal one and like yes it's, it's fine it's fine yes
3: sure. the regal is closest to me i also haven't really gone to movies in the past two years um and before that i was a big um uh cinedrome uh mm. Uh, snob <laughs> Lord, <I'm
1: looking> <laughs> that's the word
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. member, <laughs> it's the it. highest level of member at the. yeah what was yeah. it mm. and then arc light enclosed and so i have a regal close to me uh and it's fine like they don't mat the screen you know like it's fine um but this new movie pass it, it seems more complicated than it I, I, what worked with the $10 one aside from no business plan was that it, it was a very simple <laughs> message, right? Like consumer facing made a lot of sense. This, I mean, I feel like Spikes has had one big press conference about it and several other press releases. And it's like, you'll earn credits and you can share those credits and there'll be two tiers, pricing tiers. I won't tell you how much mm-hmm. those are, but you can also invest in the company. Do you want to invest yeah. in the company? You want to have key? Yeah. Yeah. And it, I just, I don't know what it is other than mm-hmm. that I'm paying Jeff to make a mannequin for me. Is mm. Yeah. This thing is more Get complicated the than the floor.
0: systems in Sifu. Am I right, guys? <laughs> wow. It's a, good, wow. It's a good gaming don't
2: crossover pa- reference. Don't pander to the DLC <laughs>
0: And the crossover audience.
2: I, w- I will say this, though. Like, the pre-show thing sounds dystopian. But, uh, guys, you know, you know what people love? Free shit. <laughs> people love free shit. And uh, I've t- I've talked to so many companies like Roku. I people even listening to the show may not realize this. All these companies have free movie channels. And what these free company what these movie channels do is uh just make bank for all these companies. People just watch these things and have ads in between. And for Roku and for IMDB and a whole bunch of other companies, it's just printing money because people want these free movies. So yeah. I I'm I mean, sure I think people actually use this thing. But I think scary. you're right, yeah.
1: Davindra. I think I, I totally agree that people want free shit. They even want the perception of free yep. shit. Like yes. the idea. This sounds like free, even though you are literally <laughs> selling minutes of your life.
0: Exactly. You're you're selling it. our most valuable resource, your limited time here on earth. <laughs>
1: In order to get free movies Unless right? yeah, you invest no, no, in a patented no, no. Kanata
3: mannequin <laughs>
1: Kanata mannequins <laughs> Except no substitute The original substitute for your eyeballs Indeed Indeed
3: See the way I'm going to do it though Is that I'm going to be using the app While I'm watching a free movie So I'll be earning a free movie mm-hmm. While e- enjoying e- a free movie <laughs> You got to use the uh, the Errol
2: Morris, uh, you know, the
3: overlay thing.
2: The Interatron. Yeah, yeah. So you have yeah. to, like, look at the ad while also watching a movie behind <laughs> yes, the ad. Exactly. No, that's he's going go
1: to have intense eye training so that he can just quickly <laughs> dash his eyes from left to right and watch two things at once. Indeed,
0: indeed. All right. Well, anyway, Movie Pass, it's coming back and hopefully, question mark. It'll be better this time. I, w- I we'll
2: wanted it to su- survive. You know, like it, all these, all the, like we joke folks, but all of these theaters doing subscription plans, it only happened because one startup was insane. and was like, I'm going to do this, even though the entire industry is against it me. It pushed yeah.
0: the industry forward. It yeah. pushed the, for all the terrible things about it, MoviePass, it pushed the industry forward. So I mean, it's
1: literally the definition of if your friend jumps off a bridge, you know, <laughs> I guess I I guess I have to jump off a bridge. It's
0: basically it was the Michael Scott paper company of uh, of movie businesses. Basically, I don't know if you remember from The Office, but like they they lost money on every one that they sold every ream of paper that they sold because they were woefully underpricing
1: it. Anyway, well, uh, let me ask you this question before I move on. Yeah, because I'm not clear on this and I haven't bothered to read about it. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Are they also offering other? You know, in addition to this crazy eye tracking plan. Are they offering the actual thing that MoviePass used to be? Yeah,
2: I think it's going to work the way it used to. It's just this free thing will be there. And, you know, somebody who lived in New York and saw people line up for no reason, just because other people were lining up and that was the hip thing to do, like, yeah, people want free (laughs) shit. So I'm sure a lot of people, they'll totally be down for this. And movies are too expensive. Like actual theater ticket prices are too expensive, too. So I would not blame anybody for spending a little time on that.
1: But they haven't announced the pricing. Correct. No, no, no. We know what, do you guys yeah. want to predict pricing for Movie Pass, the new Movie Pass?
2: It would uh, have to be closer to like thirty or above. Like yeah. or at least I am going to mess
0: Minimum twenty, probably minimum thirty 20. is my yeah. guess. Yeah. Everybody yeah.
2: like Regal yeah. AMC. Everybody is like around twenty five right now. So I feel like that's the baseline, and we'll see what they do. But they need
3: they need buy in. And this is a thing that I feel like was alluded to, and I I think it was the first kind of big presentation. They need buy in from theaters that. My understanding of the the conference was like, in in week we're going to get it. And, mm-hmm. But I don't know, like if I'm AMC <laughs> or if I'm Regal and I have my own, like yeah. unless they're sharing some of that eye tracking money with well, them. My well, the my beauty, understanding... the beauty
1: of how they did it originally, exactly. Yep, right was, yes. was, was the, the 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 hemorrhaging money plan. <laughs> was that it didn't matter. It was yeah. just, they were just huge. buying, buying yeah. shit and giving it to people for less than they paid for it. But the theater well,
2: still hated it. Is the the theater it hated it, but yeah, basically,
1: yeah.
0: Christian, the, the original system operated completely independent, almost completely independently of movie theaters,
3: right? Like, mm. Right, until you need, it got you, shut out. Like, Regal at the end, Regal quit yeah. taking it.
1: Like, I, yeah. they
3: were like, no, we don't honor that. And I was like, aren't they just giving you money? And they were like, <laughs> we can't take
1: it. <laughs> we refer yeah. you to Regal Legal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well maybe we'll see uh we'll see if uh these movie you know theater let's just say this we'll put it this way on the one hand you're right they already have their own regal whatever regals passes in amc a- stubs a list but on the other hand i don't think theaters can really be turning down money right now you know yeah, what i mean exactly. like we're They're in a different desperate. environment than it was a couple of years ago pre-covid so mm-hmm. we'll see we'll see um but uh yeah, mixed I'm, track record with this thing and I'm uh, glad the
2: story is not over, but I am terrified by some aspects.
0: Oh of yeah, for, for sure, sure. Yeah. for sure.
2: Hey everyone, we'd like to take a second to thank our sponsor, Trade Coffee. Did you know that 90% of the coffee that you buy from grocery stores is actually stale? You heard that right. Just go check those expiration dates at the bottom of those bags. Even if you're spending a lot of money for a boutique brand, there's like a chance it's been sitting on the shelf for a long, long time. So instead of rebuying the stuff you're used to, let Trade Coffee send you something that's fresh, that you're guaranteed to love, and that you don't have to leave the house to get. Trade sells the freshest roasted and ethically sourced beans from America's best independent roasters. They ship free to you as often as you like, whole or ground. Whether you're a coffee nerd or just want a better daily cup, Trade's real coffee experts taste test over 400 roasts and use technology to match you to your ideal coffee based on your preferences and brewing method. Take the coffee quiz to get started. Trade Coffee guarantees you'll love your first bag or they'll replace it for free. Trade has been featured by the New York Times, Wired, GQ and has delivered over 5 million bags of coffee. Their subscription is no hassle. Skip shipments, change your frequency or cancel at any time. I particularly liked the quiz because I'm kind of an intermediate coffee drinker. I know that I like freshly ground beans and I know I like a good espresso, but, you know, the nuances of different varieties are kind of lost on me. So trade really helped me find something that, you know, fits my tastes and the way I make my coffee. My first bag was Cyclas' Organic Crown Point. They're from San Francisco. I've had their coffee before, but not this particular variety. So I'm really excited to give it a shot. So if this all sounds good to you, Trade is offering our listeners a total of $20 off your first three bags when you go to drinktrade.com filmcast. To get started, take their quiz at drinktrade.com filmcast and start your journey to your perfect cup. That's drinktrade.com filmcast for $20 off your first three bags.
0: All right. Uh, before we move on, guys, let's do an email. We haven't done an email in a while. Let's do an email uh, from the email bag. All right, Uh, this one comes in from Tyler from Sacramento who writes in the slash filmcast at gmail.com. Tyler writes in quote, I don't know if any of you would find this interesting, but a profound realization has just come to me. For some reason, I've enjoyed watching streaming on my phone over the last few years. Mm. Sometimes the picture is more solid and the sound more immersive with headphones. But I think I may have stumbled upon the real reason why I enjoy movies and TV on my phone. While I was on vacation in Hawaii, I noticed how enthralled I was watching Station 11 on the plane rides to and from the islands. You see, when you're watching TV on your phone, you aren't distracted by your phone. I got home a week and a half later, and within (laughs) within the first 20 minutes of watching another episode of Station Eleven, I had already picked up my phone to quote-unquote multitask and lose focus on the show. Mm. I think overall, this is a lesson for me to put my phone away, but I do not believe that watching TV on your phone is without merit. In fact, watching (laughs) a little bit of Arcane in bed before you sleep can be a pleasant ending to a mundane day. Love you guys and just wanted to share. End quote.
1: I love This it. is why we need to make cars that are controlled by your phone.
2: <laughs> uh-huh. I think James Bond did that. Didn't work out so you well for him. You
1: just sit in the driver's seat, hold your phone. You look at the phone, and it shows you a vision of what's out the front windshield.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And this you way steer... you can't be distracted by the phone is what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. You steer yeah, yeah. with the gyroscope, and now you're looking at your phone driving your car.
0: I I am curious. Like, do you guys actually do a lot of like TV viewing on oh, TV absolutely. or film viewing on your phone?
2: Right absolutely. Now. Not no. maybe not so much uh, film viewing, but let's say certain certain levels of shows, uh, such as Reacher, that we'll be talking about soon, <laughs> uh, where I don't I don't need like the best presentation, but also I have an iPhone 13 Pro. You know, most most phones. Cut your look, mouth. Look good. Shut it. <laughs> most <laughs> phones your- look good.
1: But Reacher is fine. Right now. You don't get the, his <laughs> immense size on your tiny phone screen. You do, you do
2: actually. You just you bring the phone real close, real close to you. But I've, I have to steal moments where I could just like lay down, you know, like lay down flat <laughs> because I have a three year old, and I'm spending all day with the three year old. She only recently started daycare, but uh, my my routine was after I collapse at the end of the day and I cannot move to my living room this or the, anywhere else i just i lay down wherever i am like okay it's reach your time baby entertain this me
1: this isn't choosing to watch things on your phone this is surrendering to <laughs> this watch is things technology
2: on. uh helping us this is you the know? Uh-huh.
1: this is the i'm trapped under something plan of viewing <laughs>
2: But no, it's um, good. It's it's a pretty good experience. I
0: that. will say I, in general, do not watch uh, any TV or film on on my phone. I watch a lot of TikToks and YouTube videos on my phone, um, yeah. but I don't watch any TV or film. Sometimes uh, I'll make an exception if I'm uh, watching something, you know, downstairs in the living room, and then. Uh, I get like two hours into it, and then mm-hmm. uh, there's like 15 minutes left, and I'm really tired. And I'll, I'll take oh, it upstairs sure. and and finish it while I'm like brushing my teeth or something. Mm-hmm. But usually, I won't do that with even a film because I I I don't want to have that experience when when watching. You, you a film. respect the movie too much. Yeah. I, I was going to say that, but I don't want to seem too stabbish because you know, as you said, people <laughs> have necessity. Like for they sure. watch. I, I don't think anyone necessarily prefer, or most people, I don't think prefer to watch it on their phone, but they do it because of necessity, and and I want to respect that. People have different needs and, and uh, availabilities. Yeah. So, such but, as
2: when the responsibilities of life crush you down to a pulp <laughs> so that you just have to lay down. Just just lay flat. It's, it's my lay flat it's movement. It's a
1: beautiful you know? poetic yeah, notion. Yeah, beautifully said. I yeah. I am right there with you, Davinder. I just I just uh, don't actually turn on anything. My brain yeah, just, is just also destroyed to a stare at the
2: wall, stare <laughs> so, at the ceiling. No, also, I'll, uh, yeah, I'll yeah. turn on
1: you know something inane like Twitter or YouTube or something. That's the only thing that I can manage to muster at that point. I'm not I, my my brain isn't up for the the weighty plot of a Reacher episode, you know.
0: <laughs> Christian, how about you? You do any uh, viewing of a TV or film on a like? I, I'm I'm talking about not like when you travel. Obviously, I think many of us use. Uh, a phone to watch stuff when we travel but like just like from a day-to-day perspective do you uh, use your phone to watch anything
3: Not my phone so much um I think the last thing I watched on my phone was Dune cuz I really wanted to see that the way the director intended um <laughs> but other than, Yeah <laughs> um, I use my iPad quite a bit um and like I, I could easily turn on a TV or go to a TV but like an I I I think and maybe this is you know, not addressing the question properly. But I think like an iPad, holding an iPad
2: mm-hmm.
3: is about the same size as a lot of people's TVs in yeah. terms of your distance from it and where mm. you sit. And I think a lot of people, myself included, oftentimes a good set of headphones is better than your TV speakers or your sound bar, or your sound system. And so there are often shows that, mm-hmm. uh, that have a good sound mix that'll be like, it's easier for me to get my good headphones set up to my iPad and watch this. than it is to do that through my Apple TV or whatever, or or use my soundbar. Um, My phone, not so much, but other devices that aren't TVs all the time.
2: Mm -hmm, There was an uh, interview with New York Times film critic A.O. Scott several years ago where he admitted one of his favorite ways to watch movies is on a laptop with headphones because he felt more immersed in it. Well, he's
1: always getting screener links. That's not fair. (laughs) You know, but i i kind of reject this notion I, i've heard it a lot and and i i think on the face of it, it 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 sounds true but i think it's a false equivalency to say i hold the phone close to my face so it's as big as a giant screen you know in, in ratio to my eyeballs just, i just i i kind of reject that notion as far as it providing an equivalent experience i just don't it's, think it's
2: a different experience yeah, yeah
1: i don't think that 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 the ratio of size yeah. to face is not what i'm achieving when i have a big thing you know just needs a
0: good ratio of size to face and distance from the screen that's and the combo distance. that you need, yes
1: right? that's like, a yeah, very yes. good combo yes i think
3: yes. I, I don't know if it's ratio size to face but i think it, for me the way i look at it is a ratio of screen to distraction exactly and so mm. if Whoa. i'm sitting yep. on a couch and stuff's running through or this and that's happening or something's going to pull my focus another way or if i'm sitting down like the screen on my iPad is big enough that I am fully engrossed in what I'm watching and I'm not being pulled away a million different ways. I'm not looking over it. I'm not looking through it. And for a long time, my iPad was the highest resolution screen in my house.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Retina display, baby. But Well, I think you bring up a good point. I think this is the more from my perspective, the more interesting point from our emailer, which is, Use the phone so you can't use the phone for mm-hmm. anything else. Mm-hmm. That's fa- the problem that's with fascinating. That,
0: here's, here's the problem with that philosophy, though. Jeff is the new iPhone iOS now has picture in picture, yeah. so <laughs> you can just swipe flip, away flip it and yeah. still yeah. be watching the no, thing.
1: That's the other thing I was going to bring up, Dave, when you were talking <laughs> yeah. about how you know you you, you want to maintain the integrity of the of the mm-hmm. viewing experience. We already know the statistics of your viewage hour per day. There is no <laughs> universe where you have the pure time. There's not enough hours in the 24-hour period for you to achieve your phone statistics and also be watching things purely.
0: I'm afraid I have no idea what you're talking about, Jeff. I'm afraid I have no idea what you're talking about. But also,
3: I, yeah, go ahead, Christian. I was going to say just battery life. Like I, yeah. on this other show that I do without anyone else on this show called mm-hmm. DLC, a video game podcast. Certainly no um, one of note on the show, yes. But, yep. No. <laughs> no one of screen-to-face ratio I want to talk about. <laughs> um i do a decent amount of cloud gaming i love cloud gaming stadia geforce now xbox X Cloud, stuff like that and i will play a lot of it on my phone with a backbone controller oh, wow. attachment
2: yeah. i have literally never heard the st- the sentence
0: i love cloud gaming so thank you christian <laughs> well
2: you're, thanks you're for telling me that you life. don't listen
3: to dlc despite having been a guest on it
0: oh wow recrimination uh, anyway
3: yes you were uh, saying battery life battery life hope. like a lot of my you know I, I won't do long gaming sessions that way if heaven forbid i need to use my phone for anything else <laughs> you know like and i feel like movie watching and streaming is kind of the same i'm not going to want to watch mm-hmm. an hour-long movie on my phone because i'm gonna need my phone for all my phone stuff throughout the day and i have a older phone it's a 10 um but i think even when it was new my battery wasn't i still wasn't yeah <laughs> I that was just right. Like, Yeah, I save my rocket launcher, my rockets and my rocket launcher the whole game because I don't know when I'll need them, you know, like that's how I am with my battery life and my phone, too. I'm like below 50 percent,
1: baby better charge. Sorry, honey. Can't accept your call. (laughs) 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 Scraped to voicemail. (laughs) But.
0: Yeah, I think uh, that's a, definitely a concern as well for why, why you wouldn't do it. I will just bring this up. I think, Jeff, you're right about the ratio of size to face and all that stuff like that. I saw this uh, video the other day. It was like on YouTube or TikTok. It was basically like uh, an excerpt from a, a British game show where they played audio of water pouring into a glass. And they played one clip and it was hot water and one clip and it was cold water. And uh, they're like, which one of these is hot water? And people could tell the difference based on listening to it. And I was like, that's fascinating because basically, you know, the particles move at a different speed, basically. And uh, I just feel like people are very sensitive to, like the experience of a home theater or a living room TV screen or whatever is just fundamentally different in ways that we can't even necessarily articulate, but it has Mm -hmm. to do with like how the sound bounces off the walls and how the light reflects off the ceiling and all that stuff like that. You know what I mean? So. Um, I, I agree with you if you can you know have the unadulterated experience uh, then that's great and you know if you can only yeah. consume media in between micro sleeps while you're managing your children you know all the power to you as well but it's uh, it's funny though because what what is vr
2: except the the, the screens on your eyeballs
1: yeah <laughs> you right. know
2: like yeah. that that is how vr works so I feel like the phones are just getting us halfway there
1: yeah there's this other podcast that I do Where I talk a lot about VR, but I I'm not interested in watching a movie in the virtual, the big screen VR experience. I mean, the resolution isn't there for most of the headsets, Mm -hmm. Uh, but also it's still not the same. And it's still it's still not as good as as you know sitting in a room and like you said, having it bounce Mm -hmm. off the walls and all. I I did
2: some like side by side stuff with people at the virtual Sundance and like with some of my colleagues at Gadget, and we would sit in the virtual theater and all be in that thing and. It, it is kind of wild. It was like being
0: in, in an actual theater once again. That, yeah. That's the case I can see for it right now is if you can like hang out with friends and watch an old movie like that would be cool. You know, right? That would be cool. Yeah. Where it's not it's not uh, the fidelity is not what you're going for. But anyway, thanks for the email, Tyler, and the thought provoking question. But I think for, for the most part, yeah, uh, watching on your phone does have a lot of benefits, does have some downfalls. Um, and it by far is the way you should watch Denis Villeneuve and Christopher Nolan films because Mm -hmm. that's how they, they want it. Please let them
2: know as well. Yeah. Be be sure to send them them an email about that as well.
0: Okay. Uh, well folks, let's get to what we have been watching this week. Christian, hit us up with some things you've been watching.
3: As teased, I guess I'll start with, um, Reacher on prime video, which, um, David, right. You talked about what two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? ago. Yeah. Something like that. Um, and hearing you dismiss it as a phone show. Um,
0: I,
2: I enjoy it. I don't phone think show. he's
3: dismissing it, Christian. He he
0: said phone show is among yeah. his most prized times. I used to just stare at the ceiling.
2: Okay. That that was recovery time for me.
1: Now, now I can watch Richard. It's better than the ceiling. The Ranger the film cast.
3: <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen your ceiling, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> but uh, I I really like. Reacher, it is um, for folks who didn't hear a couple weeks ago, you know, when it was basically described, it is based on the books, Jack Reacher book series, uh, the Tom Cruise films, uh, same kind of guy, same plot, same same idea. And it's a drifter who comes into town. uh, You don't really know much about him. uh, And then a mystery happens and he's got to solve it. (laughs) And he, he big. He big and, is the, the one thing he yeah. and That's yes. Yeah. That's the book description of him. Is that, you know, this hulking fit. I mean, probably every 10 pages in the books describe the <laughs> sheer physical size of this man. Yeah. And in this Amazon prime uh, version of it, it's Alan Richson playing Jack Reacher versus Tom Cruise in the, the two films and Alan Richson from um, I knew him first from uh, Titans on on HBO Max, um, as Hawk is a very large man. So when I saw the casting for him as Reacher, I was like, "Oh, okay." They're going for if nothing else, we got the big dude. <laughs> you know, like that was their back of the box pitch for it. And much like the books, probably twice an episode they comment someone comments on how big Vicky is <laughs>
2: there, from, at one point he goes to a barbecue and he has to eat
3: like three meals I'm Like, yeah <laughs> sure checks out yeah yes yes he's he's a big dude and he does big dude stuff and there's a comment about that like how do you eat so much and look the way you do he doesn't answer and then takes a bite of pie and it's just like
2: <laughs> he walks perfect. everywhere is the thing like he he doesn't drive he takes the the bus and he walks
3: he so also that's a good
2: exercise yeah When at
3: least two weeks during the course of this, you know, timeline of this first season, never lifting weights though, right? (laughs) Like he never, you got to sustain that mass. Mm -hmm. Um, It's easy to joke about, but it is a throwback. In my opinion, it is a throwback to a type of show that used to exist way more commonly Mm -hmm. in maybe the early 90s of these Maybe even before that.
1: Oh, um, yeah. It's uh, all about the 80s, like Knight Rider, MacGyver, all those. Yes.
3: On a mission.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The the, hour long,
3: Mm -hmm. yes. The hour long action adventure TV show. And we moved away from that in a lot of ways where they needed to become prestige drama, but then still have like one action set piece or something like that. And I feel like a lot of what makes Reacher work is, mm-hmm. you know that fight scene in Daredevil? This show has three of them per episode. And it's really cool fighting. And and the story and the plot is kind of this, you know, murder mystery. Murder that,
2: mystery. Yeah. Uh, Everyone's in on it.
3: Yeah. It, it's, it's not, you know, it's not uh, top tier, but, it's th- it's the other favorite genre of mine that I think has gone by the wayside, which uh Willa Fitzgerald uh, plays a character named Roscoe in Reacher. She was also the lead in The Scream uh MTV Scream TV oh, right. show. Yeah, yeah. Which my other favorite genre that has kind of gone by the wayside is the what I call kids know better than adults genre of of uh, TV and films where it's like, "Oh no, something bad's happening. We should get people who can help us." No, no, no. Us group of fourteen year olds, we got it covered, and then they go and solve it, and that's what Reacher is. It's like, oh no, something really bad is happening. Well, this guy's just came to town. He <laughs> can solve it.
2: There, there are things about the show that I really enjoy watching. And I'll say that I think it's a really enjoyable show, and if anybody uh, has liked my TV recommendation so far, I, I think you'll appreciate it. Like it's nice, uh, easy, easy to drink down action show. There, there are some scenes though that are just. Ridiculous. At one point, there was a scene like episode three or four where there is a four way phone conversation. It's three people <laughs> talking into a speakerphone to somebody who just learned that somebody they love died. So that person on the phone is distraught. But they're also they're also a plot dumper. So they're like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. Well, you know, and then, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then every, every 10 seconds, somebody else jumps in with more questions for the person who is clearly distraught, but they need to pump them for more information. It was just hilarious. Like, it was a badly constructed scene. Uh, but I cackled at how silly it all was. Like, the the most important speakerphone conversation you'll ever see on television
3: occurs in well, That's that's the, It's like... I think yeah. it wears its it wears its B movie sensibilities on its sleeve. You know, like it's not trying to be um Oscar bait TV show style. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. not it's not trying to be Breaking Bad. It's not trying to be The Shield. Like it, I think it's very aware of what it is. Um it's not CW fodder. Right. It's not that same style of show, but it's in that vein of we're doing something. We're going to do it pretty dang well. But also, I think the thing that struck me the most about it, Vendra, is it, it definitely uses its we're on a streaming service in, mm-hmm. in, I think, weird and uneven ways. There is full frontal male nudity uh, in it. There is a strip club with a lot of uh, naked women dancing some. There's some gratuitous violence. I think there's a few F-bombs. And then, <laughs> but they don't. It's not consistent, right? It's not John Wick. It's just like, oh, hey, we're on we're on Prime Video. Let's let's put a penis in this episode. What? I I feel I
2: feel like if I call that the the
1: Reacheround. Wow! (laughs) Wow! Okay! Okay! All right, not
0: bad, Jeff. Not bad. Uh, so Christian,
3: sounds like you like the show. You like recommend it? Yeah. Highly, highly recommend it. It is easy viewing at a time where I feel like so much of what I watch isn't. It is, you know, something that makes me think or is, uh, you know, uh, weightier (laughs) and I Mm -hmm. need something to just enjoy for the Mm -hmm. sake of enjoyment because the weight of the world, there's a, Igby goes down. I just feel this great pressure.
1: (laughs) sounds like DeVinci right there with you on that one point. (laughs) Yeah, we
3: we are Totally (laughs) agree. Yeah. 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 It's, Uh, it's wonderful. uh, That's Reacher. It's on Prime Video. Christian, what else have you been watching this week? So I want to elevate that genre a little bit. And if you could only pick one between Reacher or My Name, which is on Netflix, I would recommend you start with My Name. It is similar in that it is uh, a person is dead. We got to find out what happened, avenge them kind of premise. Um, It is uh, Korean, a Korean TV show. Um, And it's Parky Soon is the um, uh, older... Star from it, who I think people might recognize from other things, even if they're not uh, aware of his work. Mm -hmm. And then Hanso, he who I didn't know um, before this show, um, but just does a phenomenal job. And again, it is an hour long. There's going to be two to three awesome fight scenes, like, and I mean awesome fight scenes in in my name. And as it solves this season long mystery about what happened. And the premise for my name is a person, the um, Hansi Han. So he he's character, easy for me to say, needs to infiltrate the police while undercover for the mob to find the truth. But, you know, who's double crossing, who, how deep does this, you know, mystery go and can she get the truth or will she be consumed by, um, you know, everything collapsing around her, a la the departed and, and, and movies like that, American movies like that. And I think what makes it so exquisite again is the idea. The narrative thrust is one that's easy to understand. You're not sitting there wondering, is Kendall Roy a hero? Do I like him? Am I on board with what's <laughs> happening? Uh, do I like Logan? Do I like any of these people? It's like, no, no, no. I know who I'm rooting for. I'm going to see four awesome fights at the end of the day, I move on to something else. It's so good. Have either of you, have any of you watched it? No, have not. I've <laughs> heard yet, good things. But yeah. it's called, no.
0: yeah, 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 But it's called My Name and it's streaming right now on Netflix. And it sounds like Christian Spicer highly recommends it. Yes.
3: Yes. Very highly recommended. Between that and Reacher, start with My Name. Better fights than go to Reacher. Um, and the last thing uh, that I'm, I'm re watching, uh, my wife has not watched it. We're watching it together. Is Chernobyl on HBO?
0: Yeah, yes. I mean, you know, if if all you seek is the lighthearted you know, get, you know, <laughs> pick me up at the end of the day, then you'd want to combine a Reacher with Chernobyl, right? Like, that's exactly, a good it's the only way to like survive,
1: that. basically. Yeah. 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 If you weren't already on the ground looking up at the ceiling, <laughs> it'll get you there.
3: I've read the book and a lot of the firsthand testimony. Uh, I, I like history and, and history novels and, and stories and stuff like that and firsthand accounts of of true historical events. And I hadn't really put it two and two together until I think we're on episode four right now again. And we're working through it slowly when we both have time to sit and watch something. But it is surreal to be watching it now with what's happening in Ukraine, uh and Russia and what where Chernobyl took place and the relations of the you know, Soviet union and how things stood then and where they stand now. But also the main reason I wanted to watch it again, uh, is I'm I'm very excited for the last of us TV show (laughs) Mm. (laughs) coming to HBO. You just really got to pregame that.
2: Yeah. (laughs)
3: Yeah, uh, Craig Mason is doing both, right? Yes. Yeah. And you watch Chernobyl and it's like, Oh, they can just turn a corner and this could be Mm. the last of us show. Like Mm. the pieces are there, you know, for kind of how that world is set up and how it's presented. Um, but if anyone hasn't watched it, I'm sure you all talked about uh, Chernobyl on this show. Yeah. Just exquisite television making and as relevant today as it ever was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed.
0: It's incredible. It's really a, a, an amazing. I still work. haven't
1: watched this. Oh, was, my gosh. I know yeah. it's on my pile of shame. And
0: now, Jeff, I'll be like. I don't know if you should watch this
2: right now. Mm. I feel no, no, like no, no, no. We, we should get a little better as a as a society and humanity should yeah. improve a little before you get. To, yeah,
0: I, I mean, I but, will yeah. say that it was way more depressing watching it during the Trump years than uh, than I think it would be today, to be honest. You. So you're saying I'm, what
1: you're saying is don't wait too long because the Trump <laughs> years may be back and I might. That's have right. To,
0: uh, 100%. Yeah. Yes, uh, but also yeah. Obviously, the yeah. there's very unfortunate parallels between what happened in Chernobyl and also the end the pandemic. Yeah, um, I, I feel like pre-pandemic, even with the Trump years, like okay, it's like this
2: is rough. Uh, it, yeah, trying to do that during the pandemic and Trump pandemic. Oh, oh man.
0: I yeah, it was, it was it's rough. But anyway, I strongly recommend. The- I, I, I do quickly. think it's like one of those you know one of the greatest
3: miniseries of all time. I would argue it's, it's real good. Yeah, um, it's really good. So. Two things that might sway you, Jeff. One, like Reacher, it also has a uh, full frontal in it. So I mean, you know, I mean, you
1: know what I love.
3: <laughs> you might you might want to watch that, maybe on an iPhone up close to your face, so you have good <laughs> yeah. face to screen ratio. Yeah, I uh, that ratio up
1: in my face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and two, and I, and I mean this sincerely from like the historical context and what happened, in, and as it's portrayed in in the miniseries as well. While bleak and dark, I also think it is a testament to the human spirit and mm-hmm. doing what's right in the face of everything that's wrong and how one person can make a world's difference um, in the hardest of times. And I find it very inspiring. Um, yeah. Beautifully so And satisfying. also, uh, it it's stars
0: great. Jared Harris. And I know you love Jared
1: Harris. I do. So. I do love yeah, Jared Harris. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's,
0: he's great in it. So anyway, that's Chernobyl. It's streaming right now on HBO Max. Um, and that's what Christian Spicer has been watching this week. Speaking of historical fiction that's inspiring, Jeff... <laughs> You and I had a chance to watch The Kingsman, a yeah. movie that I was not sure actually existed until I started watching it. Uh, what do you mean? It, I, I'm being a little facetious. This is a movie that has been delayed like yeah. so many times. We've well, been hearing about it for two years. Now, yeah,
2: it was one yeah. of
1: those uh, COVID movies that they wanted yeah. to put out in in the big theater screens. You know,
0: that's right. It, it did come out in theaters. It um, did. But it did.
1: In fact, it, I had a, a a press screening for it that I really wanted to attend, but I, I didn't get a chance to. Um so I was I was excited when it finally hit HBO Max cuz I I had been wanting to see this.
0: This movie was originally scheduled to be released on November 8th, 2019. Yeah. Wow.
1: 2019. Th- that trailer
0: has been out forever. Yeah. Then it got pushed back to February 2020 and then by that point it got it got pushed back again and then you know after that it, you're basically couldn't come out until Uh, after COVID had been raging for a little bit. But uh, this movie, The Kingsman, is the third film in the Kingsman series. It's directed by Matthew Vaughn. It has recently hit Hulu and I think HBO Max as well.
1: I watched it Um, on HBO Max. um, Yeah,
0: I watched it on Hulu. So uh, it's definitely on both. And Jeff Kanata, I'm curious what you thought of it.
1: Well, I, uh, you know, Kingsman, the first Kingsman movie, I really liked, mm-hmm. um, my wife did too, much to my surprise, not really the kind of movie she tends to gravitate toward, but she loved the first Kingsman movie. We had a blast with it. I think Matthew Vaughn is a very talented director, uh, action film director. And we went into the second Kingsman movie, what I think it's called the golden circle or something. Yes. Like that. Very good. Um, yeah, we went into that she was like, oh my gosh, I want to go. My wife doesn't get to go to the movies very often we have children so i get to go because i have this job uh but she doesn't go so it's very rare that we get to go to the movies it's very rare that there's a movie that elevates to the point of get a babysitter because i want to go see this with you Mm -hmm. and that was what the second kingsman movie was wow and we were both incredibly disappointed by that movie Mm -hmm. i
3: remember that review Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. did you have a good dinner at least like
1: (laughs) (laughs) who remembers you know
3: (laughs) Oh, apparently we thought you did based on that story, but okay.
1: All I know is the night was fraught with disappointment.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Kingsman 2 did. I mean, Kingsman 1, you know, I can understand people's objections to it, but I think it was, at its best, a James Bond throwback. This is like the the version of James Bond that we grew up with uh, and not the grim, dark, serious... Mm -hmm. uh, Daniel Craig ones that have their own positives, but definitely were yeah, not sure. the yeah, fun movies of Roger Moore and Sean Connery yesteryear,
1: you know? If, if, if James Bond wasn't a scamp and a rogue and a ladies' man, but was instead a proper English gentleman who mm-hmm. then kicked ass, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. Kingsman, right? That's yeah, the premise, yeah, yeah. is like character, honor, and ass-kicking, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and i'm
0: all out of character and honor <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. the king's man is a prequel to those two films that takes place during one of the happiest times in human history world war 1 mm,
1: uh, yeah. you
0: know if you, if you're going to set a movie during a really fun wacky time in human history world yeah. war 1 is where you choose you right can get now. some trench yeah. warfare in there
2: yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah 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 i really had a great time with the king's man I I loved it. I genuinely had a blast watching it. Uh, right now, I have uh, lots of family in town. Uh, there are 10 people staying in my house right now. Uh, we had a big uh, watch-in party after the kids went to bed. Uh, and everybody loved it. My mom loved it. Everybody had a great time with this movie. I had a great time with this movie. I feel like this is a return to form for this franchise, I feel like the second movie was a complete misfire and it went into like goofy town and it was you know, a
2: cartoon. Basically, it really
1: was. It point. was, it was, it was, I mean, the first movie had some wacky stuff. This movie has some wacky stuff, but the wacky stuff in this movie yeah. is cool and awesome. I mean, there's, there are sequences in this that I've never seen in any movie before. It, it goes over the top. Like the first one did the first one went over the top, but in the like, in an awesome way, in a in a way that feels like a fun, uh, you know, a, a explosion into over the top instead of, like, you know, making fun of itself or being just goofy and silly. You know, the second one had Elton John being weird. It, it just, like, it went way there, there off the rails. There was an
2: Elton John slow-mo jump kick that I will yeah. never forget. Yeah. Just- I I don't know what I was watching at that point. Exactly,
1: no. it, this
3: didn't give us Rocket Man. Rocket Man would not have existed but sure. for.
1: <laughs> but the this Kingsman movie, uh, this movie has an interesting balance of tones as well because it ha I mean, the first forty minutes of this movie isn't an action movie. Mm-hmm, it is a mm-hmm. serious war drama and like historical epic. I mean, the first ten minutes of this movie, I got choked up it is i mean it is i mean it's very melodramatic very um um, uh, manipulative almost but i think effective and well shot and well executed and so the first 40 minutes there's not any of that actiony stuff i mean there's 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 action in the sense of uh you know the film still has a pace and a and a um you know there are big you know Sort of war things that happen, but it's not that james Bond movie um and then in forty minutes in it becomes that, and then it goes into some really fun, awesome places, in my opinion that are but it also is still balancing this tone of kind of being a war movie and having very some very surprising emotional wallops that still happen um in the middle of what are some of the coolest action sequences original, uh, unconventional, odd, cool, different kinds of things that you've never seen before in the way that Matthew Vaughn can do. Like that dude shoots action in a really cool way, I think. And, you know, the the conceit of these movies is, you know, in the first two, that um, Colin Firth could be an action star. Like, you know, (laughs) what, late 40s, early 50s Colin Firth. And then this movie, it's like, 50-year-old Ray Fines can Ray be Fines, nice Ray stuff. Fines who's 59 years
0: old <laughs> yeah. is in this movie. I guess he's probably I mean, 55 or 56 when it was made, but yeah. Straight up
1: like kicking ass. Yes. And I, I mean, I love that about it. It's it's these old proper English gentlemen, these these, you know, these very prestigious actors, both of these guys, Oscar nominees, if not winners, you know, and then they're just going at it, going for it. So, I don't know. I feel like, Dave, your your setup made me think that you did not like this movie, but yeah, I had a I'm blast sorry, I'm sorry. with it.
0: Here's the thing, Jeff. Here's the thing. Because there's another thing on the what we've been watching list that you and I wholeheartedly agree on, I am going to unload on this one, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I thought this movie is, is kind of a disaster. Tonally a disaster, in my opinion. As you say... There is a section of this movie that feels like it could have been from the movie 1917 the Sam Mendes movie yeah. right like it's straight out of 1917 aesthetically it looks like it could have come from 1917
1: totally in the sense that it's beautifully shot right yeah
0: beautifully shot like it's and it's like has the kind of drama and heartbreak of a 1917 in this movie uh that also happens to feature you know Rasputin <laughs> massaging a wound in Rafine's Re- uh leg while he's edging um and it's just like it's just so random and awesome. bizarre the tonal shifts in this in this movie uh i don't think it works unfortunately
3: um and so for does me does that has yeah go does ahead. the historical not realism but like uh, does, is it hampered by the fact that it uses real people and it tries to? I mean, I remember the three before it was yes. like yes, no. I, okay,
0: I think a hundred percent yes. I mean, I I am going to spoil what is in the post credit sequence. Okay, so <laughs> yeah, you don't want to know what's in yeah. the post credit sequence. Skip forward, but basically, the entire movie The Kingsman is about a cabal of global leaders that are seeking to kind of do damage to England because uh, a Scottish separatist has like really uh, a grudge against England and he wants to like destroy England, right? And there's all these people in this cabal, like Lenin is in the cabal and you're finding out like Mata Hari, the spies, like all these people are in the cabal <laughs> that you yeah, know throughout like history. The
1: League of, of um, Extraordinary Gentlemen for bad guys.
0: Right, right. And then whatever happens in the movie, which I won't spoil, but I will spoil what's in the post-credits. At the post-credit sequence, you find out, guess who else is in the cabal? Adolf Hitler. He's he is the Thanos-esque, you know, post-credits Marvel Stinger villain that shows up, and it's like I, I don't know. I feel like the moment when you're invoking a Marvel film and the guy is Adolf Hitler. You have jumped the shark as a movie. That's that's me personally. As as a franchise, Did, were we also,
2: surprised? Like this is a yeah. World War One action movie where Rasputin is the main villain. I'm like, oh, okay, Matthew Vaughn. How how long? <laughs> how long until he pull the Hitler card? Of
0: course. I guess my yeah. point is though that if that if the whole movie was that wacky and out of <laughs> control, I would have actually potentially been on board. But it has this whole 1917 mini film shoved into it. And for me, the two just didn't gel together. Um <laughs> Christian, you had a question, and then happy to
3: yeah, was, put it back to Jeff. Yeah, the the latter two films, I feel like, didn't do that. Right? They didn't. There's no Hitler in the Kingsmen. <laughs> no, there is right? not. Well, <laughs> like, there's not. There's not like real. Samuel it's not Jackson like an,
2: with the with a lisp. That
3: was <laughs> yeah. or like you know, LBJ as like the <laughs> well the... bristled <laughs> American, not letting them do what they want to do. Right? It's all. It was all just. Fictional yeah, super villain. No, 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 dog no. no, no. The 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 the
1: the conceit of the Kingsman franchise. I mean, again, this is from the mind of Mark Miller, the comic book writer. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> yes, <laughs> that none of this is a surprise. But the the conceit of the Kingsman franchise is that all you know, all of the for all of uh, modern history, there's been this other group mm-hmm. that has been operating outside the political realm. Affecting history, and we find out about it in you know in the second movie we find out like there's an American uh, right uh, version of them, and there's a you know, there's all over the all over the world there, there are versions of the Kingsmen for their nationality, and they've all been pulling the string strings and you know pushing the the direction of human history in certain ways. So it, I don't think the, the idea that a prequel would go back and pull from actual human history and use, you know, and cartoonize uh, these, these historical figures in, in, in the service of creating a uh, Bond villain-esque cabal, I, I don't think that that's out of character for the franchise. And I found it to be very fun. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I mean, I, I think it's kind of one of those ideas where it's fun as long as you don't think too hard about it. Then it's like, wait a second, was Hitler really in the cabal? You know, like,
1: The well, <laughs> cabal yeah. meets on a, a a cliff house that is that is impossible, impossible it's to get geographically
0: to geographically or geologically impossible,
1: geologically <laughs> impossible, logistically <laughs> yeah. impossible. Like the fact that anyone could live up there or, or you know, the, how do you get supplies? There's no, it's right. None of it makes if any the, damn if sense. The
0: whole mo- I'm just saying, Jeff, if the whole movie had been like that, I would have been like, that, that was fun. And because it's like half of that and half of this really over serious kind of world war one epic, uh, I, I, I wasn't a fan. But I'm glad mm-hmm. you liked it and I'm glad your family liked it. I
1: and, just feel like that yeah. that stuff. I know I'm usually one that that bristles at that sort of uh you know whiplash between tones. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, this time it it added a gravitas and weight to the goofy stuff that I thought was missing from the second movie. Like mm-hmm. the second mm-hmm. movie was just all goofy stuff.
0: Right. Right. And I feel right, like
1: right. this movie said, oh no, we're gonna slow down and we're gonna actually make you care about these people and these characters and give Ray Fine's characters some real emotional stakes you know it it yeah. I, I thought it it actually fixed a lot from what the second movie did you
0: I will say this that I also enjoyed the action along with you you know mm-hmm. I thought the action scenes were a- overall pretty solid pretty inventive like some pretty creative ideas
1: there so Dude, the Rasputin fight is <laughs> It's pretty It's cool. awesome.
0: It's pretty cool. It's pretty yes. cool. It's it's worth I, I, you know, if you have Hulu or HBO Max, it's worth checking it out for at least the action scenes. I feel like it, so. I feel like there is that
2: uh, at some point I feel like we need to have a good like pop culture uh deconstruction of this entire franchise, so, right? Because <laughs> the entire point of Kingsman is, is sort of like uh we used to be a proper country Right, we used to have Bond movies where uh you know they they dressed nicely, they kicked ass, they didn't have to listen to the government. Yeah. Um, and I, I also I mean, like it, uh Britain ruled the
1: world sort of, sort of a bit well, because the, now the, Yeah, they have the other entire, outlets, yeah. The entire message of this movie is fuck pacifism? Yeah, yeah, which is mm, weird. Yeah. It's super weird. Like the the thing we come to at the end, Ray finds his character is like, you know, I've, we, I we we've all learned something here today and that is Pacifism doesn't work, and we have to kill lots of people. Yeah, and yeah, it's like, yeah. and, and the whole thing is, the whole end of the movie is, and we so got you're, America. Spoil
0: the end of the movie, right? Just to be clear,
1: no. Uh, okay, no, so I'm, you... I'm talking about history. We won World War okay, One, okay. everybody. Yeah, the, uh, and the end of the movie solved. is, and we got America to join World War One. You know, like, <laughs> wait a, a minute, wait a minute. America a minute. didn't <laughs> want to join World War One, and we got them in. And it's like that seems like a really you know, not great thing to celebrate. <laughs> you
0: know? Yeah, I don't know if that's like, should be the triumphant moment of the movie. Right. And, uh, and the movie is also hugely problematic in the way it deals with uh, British colonialism as well, I would argue. I so, mean, that,
2: that, that's what this franchise is. It is yeah. celebrating it, the days it, when, yeah, they it's could do it. putting
0: a shiny pleasant face on on colonial, like British imperialism colonialism, you know? Yeah. So, um, Jeff,
3: Jeff, you get to spoil historical fact when you get to talk about a movie. But when I mentioned an historical fact that also happened within the first ten minutes of a movie called Tick Tick Boom, you dragged me for it. Come <laughs> oh, that's on, it's his, not
1: history. <laughs> that's it also happened in the first book. ten minutes of the movie. <laughs> it's not in a, a history book. It's the personal life. It is life if you love the musicals. The movie. All right, all right. Well, well one one last thing. About, one last thing yeah. about the this franchise is like it kind of baffles me. I have enjoyed two out of three of these movies. Uh So I guess that it's a net positive for me, but it kind of baffles me that Matthew Vaughn has decided to dedicate like a decade plus of his life to making these movies.
0: Well, I would argue, Mm -hmm. I I would argue that Matthew Vaughn wanted to make a world war one epic. Mm -hmm. And he was going to, he was going to make a world war one epic, no matter what path it took, including using existing IP, which is probably the only way he could get this movie made and sold, you know, like, this is a backdoor prequel only because if Matthew was like, Hey, I want to make a world war one Epic. Every studio would be like, no, we're not, we're not really doing those anymore. Um, so we, we already made the 1917, although that movie came out, I think before or after yeah. this movie was supposed to come out. But regardless, <laughs> I, I I think that, it's like uh James Cameron and Avatar you know like mm-hmm. he he can tell the stories he wants to tell through that franchise basically i don't i don't think he's like yeah there's nothing necessarily about any story element of Kingsman that's like really he's attached to, but just like it's a vehicle to tell what he wants to tell. That's my feeling about it. But He, he yeah. feels
2: like a kid in a candy store just watching any of his movies. So it was like, yeah, sure. Gleefully like a franchise, that's basically his, that he could do whatever he wants. I, th- I think that's pretty good. I did not realize he has another spy movie coming up uh, starring Henry Cavill and John Cena. So I am Ooh, um, I mean,
1: yeah. immensely talented director. I think immensely yeah. talented.
0: Yeah. Well, that's the Kingsman. And it is available right now on Hulu and HBO Max. It's what Jeff Canada has been watching. Devinder Hardware, hit us up with what you've been watching.
2: Yeah, I saw the first couple episodes of Severance, the new Apple TV Plus series. Um, it's directed by Ben Stiller, as all the ads and posters will tell you. Like that. That
1: I, th- that's that is a selling a point thing. for me after uh, return. Uh, sure. escape from Danamora.
2: Dan- I, yeah. I hear you guys. I hear you guys. Uh, I feel like you are the only people on the planet I've ever <laughs> heard talk about that show. It's so true.
0: It's true. Yeah. I do
2: plan to see it at some point. But escape from Danamora is brilliant. Incredible. I hear it's great. Incredible. I hear it's great. Yeah. Uh, but the show is created and also written by Dan Erickson. I have not like he he really doesn't have many IMDb IMDb credits, but this is really really cool. Like this is a show that basically takes the idea of work-life balance to the ultimate extreme. I was uh, I was on board with this premise when I first uh, saw the first trailer um, because it's it's essentially a world where you well, can wait, choose
1: there,
3: to. I don't yep. know if we should reveal that. No, that's we, the we it's can the give away, goddamn the, goddamn show, Jeff, can give away
2: the
0: premise of the show. It's We're going to give away the premise it's of the show. Of the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to skip ahead, that's a... <laughs> Jeff. You just gave
1: away the ending of the Kingsman. We're going to talk about the premise of the ending. I didn't give the away the ending. That's bullshit. <laughs> Don't even say I gave away the ending. I anyway. mentioned a, a piece of human history that is referenced obliquely at the end of the movie. It okay. has <laughs> anything to do with the plot or characters of the it, film.
0: It, it, it is literally yeah. what all the characters are working towards in that movie. Yeah. So, oh,
1: my God. Okay. Anyway,
0: <coughs> we're giving the, away the premise of Severance. Everybody talks about this. This is on the, NPR. But the, this the beginning is of
1: Severance... Does not reveal the premise of Severance. You're like halfway through the first episode, and to me, that was an amazing yes, discovery because I that, didn't know. That's it. great, and we're going to give it away. But we right should now. okay. We so, can give it away, but I yep. think we should say that it doesn't. It isn't clear until halfway through the first episode.
2: Yep. Okay. Devendra, go ahead. Sure, sure. Uh, the thing that is in all the marketing and all the blurbs of the show, but it's about the <laughs> idea that you could. Uh, what what if you could separate yourself? Like we talk about work life balance, but what if you could have your work self and your outside of work self right your real life self and this show is
0: about that concept uh, it, it's basically that yeah. if you like when you are at work mm-hmm. your per- the the person you are at work retains zero memories yep yeah, your same of who body you are outside of yeah. work so it's a surgical procedure you can have you have a thing put in your head and when you're at work you can't remember anything outside of work and mm-hmm. then when you leave work you remember nothing of what happens at work. So and let me just say I think I think the
2: show does a really elegant way of like setting up everything. Like the the very first scene, everything. Like this is a really well-made show. Um like the way it constructs the world and the universe and everything. It's very mysterious. Um but here's the thing. Like I I knew the concept of the show and I think that's how you could sell this show to a lot of people that does not ruin the impact of the first episode because it's more like okay, what are you going to do with this concept? right? Like how are you going to approach it? How are you going to make it interesting? And I think from the very first scene, uh, this show got me on board. Adam Scott stars as somebody who has had this procedure done. He, in his outside life, is dealing with grief. In his work life, he doesn't have to deal with that. And this show just like goes to some really, really interesting places. And I think, especially right now, the way we're sort of all like dealing with new work-life balance issues. And I feel like Some people would jump on something like this just to have a way to be like, okay, I don't have to bring any of my work baggage home, right? My home self doesn't, it can be fully untethered. I could just like have a real happy life outside of that. The show does some really cool stuff where it explores uh, what does that mean to break yourself, right? And your sense of self and... Are you basically imprisoning the person who is trapped at work all the time?
0: Um, there is right, some because, really, really because cool stuff here. T- yeah. To expand on that, the idea is that like if, if your work self doesn't retain any memories of life outside of work, yes. then they're at work all the time. right? Yes. They they get in the elevator to leave work, and then the next moment, they're already back at work right? Mm-hmm. because the, their other self has gone yeah. home and ate, eaten and slept and then come back. And so the, your work self, uh, is is that work perpetually
2: forever once i realized that i uh, this show became a horror movie to me like or a horror series right like just that premise is really frightening it also like production wise uh it reminds me a lot of things like brazil and um like a lot of like spike jones stuff too like it,
0: it i'd is say just, uh, mr robot would mr. be robot is a really big well. one yeah. but
2: it's more like the like it's not in our world, right? They're they're using like old looking computer terminals with like weird, unique graphics and everything. Like it's out of this world and there's some weird mystery going on. Um, it's all centered around this one company that is up to some mysterious stuff. And some of the like even the ideas and things like people are working on like, well, what do they actually do in this company? It's almost like purely metaphysical. And I kind of love how the show just isn't, at least in these first two episodes, is just really like laying the groundwork, having a lot of fun with this concept and really building it up. Uh, it's slow going, but I think so, so interesting. I am fully on board. I can't wait to watch the rest.
0: Jeff Kanata, you also had a chance to watch Severance.
1: What do you think? I think it's incredible. I think it's one of the best shows, uh, and I have not watched a, a fewer episodes than you did. I know you got access to the whole first season. Um I've only watched the first two that were out as of this recording, but um, I had no idea what I was watching for the first half hour of the first episode. It, it plays like this bizarre science fiction story that, because you're seeing it from inside the perspective of mm-hmm. this person, and because the same actor is in both situations, you don't differ. I had no context for any of that. And I'm just inside this kind of baffling, but incredibly compelling person's life. And then when the premise is laid out halfway through that first episode, it was an incredible dawning of realization for me. And it was one of those, oh my God, this thing that I kind of didn't understand and didn't know what I was watching has become brilliant, brilliant because of how it was just showing not telling for so long and 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 creating the scaffolding upon which to layer this really clever and compelling and relevant science fiction idea and that notion of what is identity who are you are are you what you do you know th- th- this notion that if you if you don't remember any part of you from do you become two different people would you be the same person uh, in both? Situ- are you the same person at work that you are at home? Like all those incredibly relevant, uh, applicable questions that we all ask ourselves in the abstract become really defined here. And it is, I mean, I think it's beautifully shot. I think it's beautifully acted. I love, as Devinja pointed out, all the aesthetic choices that are so quirky and interesting and kind of keep you off balance just a a very very confident show confidently directed i think by ben stiller who ha- is like becoming one of my favorite tv directors like yeah, it, it, her. yeah. It, yeah. just yeah. so well executed um i think this show is is genius
0: <laughs> i gotta also, agree it, with uh jeff Kanata here yeah.
1: yeah go ahead
0: yeah
2: I just wanted to say something real quick. It is funny watching any show with Zach Cherry in it, who plays one of the office workers because my wife worked in an office with him. <laughs> so she has the experience of having like that guy in the cubicle next to her as well. That's wow. nice. that that is a really funny thing. He shows up in a lot of stuff now. Glad to see him being successful.
0: Uh, I agree with both of you. Um I have watched all uh, nine episodes of season one of Severance on Apple TV. Uh, Apple TV Plus, I should say. And it's incredible. It's brilliant. It is a, an engrossing story that makes you question the nature of uh, life and work and all the stuff that you guys mm-hmm. said. It raises all these interesting questions. and has a really fascinating through line. It is one of my favorite debut seasons of television I have seen in recent memory, probably in the last like two to three years. Uh, it's just really well done all around. I watched the entire thing in 48 hours uh, and could not stop because that's how in- incredible, how yeah. compelling. And that's rare for you. I, I can't yeah. recall you yeah, doing yeah. that too often. Um, yeah. It's not, it's not that often. I I, I do some for, for like a, a show like this, that's basically like eight to nine hours long in duration. Um, And this is a show actually, Jeff, that I would argue does a really good job of balancing tones between like, incredibly serious and like really off the wall. It's very Charlie Kaufman-esque basically, right? Where like yes, yeah. there is this kind of, or early Charlie Kaufman before he made like super depressing things, um, where, you know, it, there's this really nice balance between off the wall, wacky and like incredibly dark and, and thought provoking. And so,
1: you know, uh, it, yeah, it reminds me, you talk about, you know, a debut series. Um, it reminds me of devs. Mm, Yeah. How, uh, yeah powerful and, and immediately compelling devs was i would say this is more
0: compelling more accessible than devs i would argue i think yeah, like yeah. Devs it's, it's is, yeah. clear what's happening it's here. very yeah. like th- this is a show I, I would not recommend devs to even most people that i know um and this is a show i'd recommend to everyone so like to give you a, a contrast but you and me both love devs jeff so i like, did love devs a yeah, lot yeah it's, it was great um but it's i think you know uh it's it's also like it's like annihilation too you know it's not like uh, Alex Alex Garland stuff is not necessarily broadly mm-hmm. appealing whereas i feel like anyone could get into this show cuz it's so it asks questions that so many of us think all the time that you guys have already alluded to yeah. so yeah. it's very anyway.
2: deliberate and slow but i think as long as you're on board for that it is a good ride yeah
0: I loved it i can't recommend it enough um, it's extraordinary yeah it's great it's great the show is severance the first two episodes are on apple tv plus uh, it just came out of nowhere and just took me for a ride, and I'm like, I, I'm, you know, I just finished it not that long ago, but I'm still like thinking about it, replaying scenes in my head and and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I just, uh, I highly recommend it. So yeah, anyway, I mean, Ben Stiller,
1: yeah. two for two.
0: I, I mean, I hope this causes more people to check out Escape from Danamora. You know, yeah, because which is no, stellar. No one has seen that. Like as you said, Davindra, you were accurate. <laughs> like Jeff and I are the only people who have seen it. But it is so well done. Yeah. And uh, I mean, at this point, I'm going to watch anything Ben Stiller does for TV. You yeah. Know? Like, or, or, yes. or film in terms of
1: and I, what, a, I, what a
0: turnaround for that guy. You know, like <laughs> this is a guy or not turnaround, but just like <laughs> yeah. change in career for that guy. Like this is a guy who is mostly known for kind of these wacky over the top parts uh, and then started getting more serious in his roles. Uh, although he always had the kind of serious roles peppered throughout. And now he's directing, in my opinion, some of the best television ever.
1: Yeah. So. Uh, I hope he 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 does lots more of this stuff because uh, yeah, yeah, very talented it, it's so director. good. It's so it's
2: good. just really hard for me to because uh, uh, I also remember Ben Stiller the actor. So imagining Zoolander, yeah, Zoolander, you know, making yeah. this is
0: just like I uh, my brain is still trying to process that.
2: Yeah.
1: It's a what is it a film for ants? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Cannot recommend Severance on Apple TV Plus enough. Uh, check it out. All right, guys, I think we should move on to weekly plugs. We're gonna do weekly plugs. Weekly plugs. Weekly plugs. Just do weekly plugs. Weekly plugs.
1: Weekly plugs. 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 So much plugs. love for the long version last week, Dave.
0: Indeed, indeed. So much love. Um, some people have requested, some people in the Slack film cast requested the long version and I'd like to oblige them. And to be honest, Jeff, I wasn't sure which one of these buttons was the long version when I pressed it. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, let's roll the dice. Let's roll the yeah, dice. There you go. Weekly Plugs, a part of the show where we recommend something else we've been
1: making. <laughs> Christian Spicer. Because Dave would never intentionally give the people what they oh, want. Oh,
0: no, 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 yeah. no, no. Christian Spicer, hit us up with a weekly plug.
3: Sure. Uh, well, one's been alluded to already. Jeff and I host uh, a video game podcast called DLC. And as Jeff uh, so eloquently mentioned, I think it was last week, perfect pitch for the Patreon, Jeff, didn't it? Uh, you didn't, <laughs> uh, you know, hit yourself in the back or, you know, belittle yourself as you were talking about it. You just a smooth, buttery pitch. That's how uh, I remember, it sounds remember like it. Jeff's on it. these weekly plug segments all the time. Yeah. That's
1: how I remember it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, Give us a full-throated
0: d- endorsement, Christian.
3: Well, we just launched uh, a Patreon for the show. It had been over eight years as part of the Five by Five Network, and early uh, at the end of last year, we found out that was going away. And so Jeff and I huddled and were like, "How let's keep this the uh, let's keep this baby going? How can we do that?" And uh, Patreon was the answer. So it is fully launched. Out of soft launch, uh, we had our first uh, Patreon exclusive content come out this past week as well. And it is a video game podcast. It is clean, unlike this show. So if you want to listen to a video game show with your kids <laughs> it in is the room, good. You can. Wow. wow. Wait. No, I didn't <laughs> like this show. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, this, like show. this show. Yeah. Like, this, like show. this show. Like this show. But I'm super proud of uh the corner of the video game conversation space that we've carved out with DLC over the years, and it's um, I'll I'll tease this, Destiny Two. Uh, the witch queen has me real bad right now, real bad. So that is a specific, uh, this upcoming episode is going to be me very excited about destiny two again, which I haven't been in, in a good number of years now. Um, but we talk about video games and it's, it's super fun. And, uh, we, you know, we jumped into the, the Patreon lake as you all did, not too, too long ago. And it's exciting, but scary.
1: Christian, maybe you should mention the fact that we have a a guest last week who was very relevant to the discussion we're about to have. What? We had a guest. We had a a very
3: high (laughs) profile guest. It's going great. Oh, yes. Marty Meyer was on from vice president of Naughty Dog.
1: I thought you were like the president of the company that made the game upon which the film we're talking. It's almost like Synergy, Christian. And you botched it. Well, I'm glad
3: I fumbled. I thought you meant we were going to have on DLC. I was like, a guest on DLC last week that's relevant to the conversation we're going to have th- this week? I was so confused. Yes, for this show and Uncharted. Yes, yes. yes. I don't know if you guys know. Awesome. We script out all these weekly plug segments. So. Like I said, that's how awesome. I remember it. Arnie was awesome. And he stayed, at, stayed and did the the paid DLC, the the bonus show after we had like another hour-long conversation um it's great and people should check it out thank you jeff he I was, literally
1: had not done a podcast the vice president of Nod had not done a podcast for a decade wow and he did ours wow you yeah. know great so i feel like yeah. we should toot, toot the old horn about that one
3: yeah arnie's great arnie arnie's great and it was an awesome conversation to have him uh have him along for and people should check it out it's at uh the uh, <laughs> patreon.com slash DLC pod. Wow. You guys are nailing started, this. You guys you are nailing started this. Well, Jeff has a URL, but it's not live it's yet. It's not
1: live yet. I don't do those things. You can still go to 5x5.tv DLC <laughs> and get there.
3: <laughs> oh God, yeah, we goodness. got it. If you want to hear this quality, is so smooth. Of- this is how yes. we do
1: the show. If you thought this banter was good, <laughs> tune into DLC. If you thought this banter was good,
3: you are probably have a different opinion about this week's movie than Christian does. Um... <laughs> And the other thing that I want to plug <laughs> is I, I do a newsletter uh, where I do long form writing about video games. It's called Let's Chat Games, and you can find it at tinyletter.com/slash Christian Spicer. It's uh, free to subscribe. And the one that you can go and view right now, the archive for this month, I do about one or two a month, is talking about February uh, game of the year and how there hasn't been a game of the year. Uh, and that came out in February. In a decade, so in as long as it's been since Arnie did a podcast before doing ours on DLC, there hasn't been a game released in February that won Game of the Year from a major media outlet, like, sure, someone somewhere. And I think it's super interesting, as we're in this February, with Elden Ring, Witch Queen, Horizon Forbidden West, Sifu, Olly Oli World... So many big games coming out at the beginning of the year as that release calendar gets more and more compressed, it feels, and games delayed because of COVID are all hitting. Is this the year that a February game can win game of the year? Or will that trend continue of recency and to some extent maybe confirmation bias as, like, yeah, it wasn't that good, you know, and how uh, that plays out? And that is a newsletter you can find at uh, tinyletter.com. Slash Christian Spicer.
0: All right. Uh, Well, I had a chance to chat with uh, P.S. and Heroi over a culturally relevant podcast about uh, Entertainment Weekly magazine. Um, Entertainment Weekly magazine, I don't know if you guys remember, at one time in our cultural history was a huge deal.
1: Did you know, David? Yes. That Entertainment Weekly named the DLC podcast one of the 50 must listen podcasts.
0: Incredible. That's awesome.
1: Not not a lie. Totally true. What we Total talked
0: true. about was Entertainment Weekly is now out of business largely as a result of that decision. <laughs> because wow. of that. Yeah, entirely. Well, <laughs> it was actually
3: it was actually top 20. It was, was it top, 20? 20. I said 50. top 20. Top 20. Top 20. Entertainment top 20. Weekly used to be So to be to be clear,
0: ew.com the website still exists, mm-hmm. um, but Entertainment Weekly the print magazine uh, not too long ago, went to monthly print. So it's, it became entertainment monthly. And now the print magazine no longer exists. They, they're shutting down the print magazine completely. Um, so I chat with uh, a reporter who used to work at Entertainment Weekly, PSN Heroi over at Culturally Relevant. We talked about the legacy of uh, the magazine, as well as where entertainment journalism is today. Check that out on the Culturally Relevant podcast. your Hardwar, your weekly plug.
2: Yeah, over at the Engadget Podcast, we talked about uh, Samsung's new flagship phones. I know people are into that. That's the Galaxy S twenty two and S twenty two Ultra. Um, my co-host Sherlyn Lowe uh, reviewed that specifically and Sam Rutherford and Gadget. So check that out. We had a really good chat and uh, I'm I'm a little tired of flagship Android phones, and it sounds like Samsung didn't do too much different this year, but uh, you know, we we had a good chance about like the camera features specifically. Check it out, Engadget.
0: All right, and Jeff Canada,
1: weekly plug. Well, I was going to plug the DLC podcast, but you can't improve on the perfection that we <laughs> did during Christian's I segment. mean, nailed it, nailed it. So, can't improve on yeah. perfection. No, so nah. I'm going to mention, uh, for no particular reason, my cameo, cameo.com slash Jeff Canada, which is spelled with two N's and one T, where you can get limericks uh, made by me for you. And I'll just uh, read a couple of uh, the five-star reviews that I've gotten on my cameo page. These are unedited. Hit us, Straight yeah. from my cameo page. Uh, quote, Jeff is the best... He made a really sweet video greeting in Limerick for my sister's 40th birthday. Couldn't ask for more. Just happy that he exists and what? that he put so much positive feeling and energy out into the world. Another one. Amazing. Better than I could have hoped for. My wife had such a great reaction, too. Thank you, Jeff. Another one. This was truly heartfelt and amazing. Thank you, Jeff, for the love that you put out into the world. They, they go on and on like this, guys. Is
0: cameo a service where you give people something or is it them writing nice things about you which one is it?
1: <laughs> well they write they're so grateful for the nice thing that I gave for the, gave to them. That's mm. what why they wrote these things. David.
3: I see. I know I where see. I messed up. I should have got you to do a cameo for my plug. I could have just <laughs> played have it been. like uh Jeff talking about our podcast DLC as a cameo would have mm. been professional and everybody would have loved it. <laughs> That's Next true. time. Next time,
1: <laughs> hey, get yourself or a loved one or a friend a uh, a cameo. Get them a limerick. I do these these bespoke personalized limericks. cameo.com slash Jeff Canada.
0: I uh not only support and mandate Jeff's limericks. Um, I'm also a subscriber to the uh, or a a previous customer of the Cameo and would
1: recommend it. So, that's true. And I think yeah. someone got a cameo on your behalf once. I don't know if that ever made its way to you, but. Mm. <laughs> I, I I definitely made a limerick about you for someone. <laughs>
0: huh, huh. They told me it was
1: going to you at some point. I don't recall
0: ever getting that. Now maybe like, that was
1: used for more nefarious purposes. Yeah. <laughs> <That I>
0: know. <laughs> this person's just playing it for themselves every night.
1: The, I know? mean, it was it was very hard rhyming your social security number, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right. Well, those are our weekly plugs. I also want to give a weekly plug to our Patreon at patreon.com slash film podcast, where you can sign up for ad-free episodes as well as exclusive After Darks. As I mentioned this month, we are reviewing uh, the Scream movies. Scream 3 and 4 this week. Scream 1 and 2 last week with Brett Arnold. Uh so again, subscribe at patreon.com slash film podcast. If you want to support us and you don't want to give us money, which is extremely reasonable to do, because we never want you to donate, if it in any way causes you any financial hardship whatsoever, uh all you gotta do is leave us a star rating on whatever podcast platform you use. Apple Podcasts, wherever else that shall remain nameless. Uh leave a star rating for us in a review. Uh it really does make a difference because there's a lot of film podcasts out there. We really re- appreciate your support. Okay, let's get to our review of uncharted hey kid
3: a little young for a bartender aren't you a
1: little old for prom aren't you
3: everything in here why the map The biggest treasure that's never been found five billion
1: easy but it's just a story i beg to differ 500 years
3: ago my family found the world's biggest fortune then was betrayed People have been searching for it all in vain. Both of you turn your keys clockwise at the same time. Ah! Thanks a lot. He almost got me killed. Clockwise, silly. Well, it was
0: 50-50, so I made a guess. Clearly. That was from the trailer for Uncharted, the newest film by Ruben Fleischer. I'm going to read the plot summary from IMDb. Street smart Nathan Drake is recruited by seasoned treasure hunter Victor Sully Sullivan to recover a fortune amassed by Ferdinand Magellan and lost 500 years ago by the House of Mangata. End quote. Now, of course, we all know that this movie is based off of the hit Naughty Dog PlayStation video game franchise, of which there have been four games plus a, a, a sort of extended DLC. Mm-hmm. I guess you could call them five games, you yeah, know, right? five game. games. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, but uh, I-, I think all of us on this podcast have been huge fans of the Uncharted series. Um, it's one of the franchises that I make a must-play for me on uh, whatever PlayStation console happens to be out at the time. And Christian Spicer, I think you've also uh, had some collaborations with some of the fine folks at Naughty Dog, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Um, yeah. So, I got to host their Last of Us podcast, Yeah. And I... I love everything they've ever. I mean, even back to the uh, you know pre Last of Us, pre Uncharted days. I think that Naughty Dog is just a phenomenal studio. Their output has been incredible, and and since Uncharted and Last of Us, and the the quality of content and the games they make, and the folks over there making it are just at the the top of their game. It's uh, they're all must plays in my
0: opinion. Right, a- a- agreed completely. And given that, given given the amount of care that's put into these games, you know, and given that they're widely regarded to be some of the best video games of all time, do you feel like uncharted, this movie that was number one at the box office this weekend lived up to that legacy?
3: No, the the short answer is no. It's hard. I, I love these games. I love them so much. And there, there are a couple of moments in the film where I got emotional of like, they're, giving me the thing that I want to see, mm-hmm. but the film. It's a one I want to say, I, I think it's a very difficult task that this movie was up against one. The genre, there hasn't been a good Indiana Jones movie in a really long time. Um, Indiana mm-hmm. Jones had a hard time making a good Indiana Jones movie. It's not, easy to do, I think, based on the track record of other films that have tried to do it since video game movies are hard to do. Um, Sonic was really fun and there are a few others that have moments, but it's a a nut that's yet to been cracked in in a way that like elevates them into what we're seeing with comic book movies and and things like that um and it's also a cinematic It's a cinematic ass game, right? Like the games are the movies, you know, like so much of what made the games so special are that they brought that cinematic Indiana Jones adventuring idea, well acted, well performed, well voiced to video games. And now to bring that back again, it's, you know, it's like trying to make coffee out of water that's already been made into coffee <laughs> yeah.
2: it's, it's homeopathic indiana jones
0: basically right
2: or something like that
3: <laughs> it's like it's just a like, copy
0: like of a xerox element. of a fax
3: of an uh-huh. indiana jones yeah trace right. traces of it yeah 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 and it's hard i mean i don't know we other people can chat for a little bit too but i i i have thoughts <laughs> all right i well, have thought um well maybe we'll get into more of
0: those thoughts when we get into spoilers but in your heart or what do you think of uncharted so
2: over at Engadget, I wrote up a review. The title is "Uncharted Boldly Goes Nowhere." <laughs> so that's that, that, that's it for me in this mm-hmm. movie. I mm-hmm. feel like we've been talking about this movie for twelve goddamn years, and yeah, that's true. Because a little uh, bit longer since, than that, I think, actually, since the yeah. inception. Yeah, before the inception of this uh, this podcast, uh, <laughs> this has been a thing that's been talked about. We've talked about different directors. I remember us discussing. The potential idea of uh, what's his face, the the fighter director, um, David O. Russell. David O. Russell potentially doing it with with with
1: Mark Wahlberg. I did not get the Nate. fighter director. By the way, I thought you I thought it was like there's, is this. Is there some director that fights with people? But no, it's, uh, that's, well, it's, yes, that's but Russell too. I was just that, yeah, gonna that, that too. I going to It's still David O. Russell.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. in, in that time, tw- twelve years ago. Mark Wahlberg was was Nate and how like wow this has taken so long to happen that he's aged out of the the lead role he's now the elder sidekick role um we've seen so many starts and stops to this uh so many different directors have been attached to it and I think this latest project even like uh, yeah Dan Drachtenberg our our friend yeah, full, full disclosure friend yeah.
0: of the show Friend of several of us, Dan Trachtenberg, uh, was at one point attached to direct this film. We we basically got conflicts of interest up the wazoo for this. It's film. all over the place FY. here, Yeah, uh, which is why I can boldly say, uh, yeah,
2: th- th- this movie just, just feels completely empty to me. I think the idea of doing an origin story could kind of work. Uh, I don't know if Tom Holland is the guy to do it. I love him in Spider-Man, you know, I like him as an actor, but here, like, it needs a certain level of grit, even though dude, dude is very, uh, very fit, apparently, like, there, there is a scene of him doing pull-ups,
0: just to see him he's, do pull-ups, he is he's swole, hot. man, he's
3: straight up he's, he's real swole, he's like, bulking
0: up, man, he is no longer muscles. the scrawny kid from Spider-Man Homecoming, but he but still looks like a scrawny kid, so size it's like it's to
1: face a- ratio, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it's a weird thing. <laughs> That was really well done, Jeff. I got
1: Thank it. You. really well nice done. done, really yeah. well done. Okay. But
2: yeah, th- this movie just didn't really have anything for me. It had the set pieces we know from the games. It starts with the falling out of the airplane set piece from uh, Uncharted Three, and uh, like it just it doesn't. Be, of course, they're not going to throw him out of a plane. He's not Tom Cruise, but it doesn't. It didn't feel like it didn't look good it wasn't well executed and like the way the physics it, are all wrong the physics like look the- weird yeah he's hopping off of those things it just it didn't it wasn't believable and i did not buy him in that role there i think they did some cool stuff like in barcelona actually shooting in barcelona in the like roman ruins and stuff like i have been all over that city so it was cool to see some of that actually on location uh but beyond that like i don't uh, the action was just mostly so-so I didn't care about anything happening in the last act. And this movie kind of feels like it was just made by algorithm at some point. Like things just happen for no reason. Um, a lot of it's inexplicable and I don't really care about this Nathan Drake. So it, it is weird. You mentioned this Christian, but these movies are base- The the games are basically interactive movies, right? I think that was like one of the big calling cards of the Uncharted franchise, certainly starting with Uncharted 2. Uh, so yeah, if you bring that background to a movie, you're just you're not playing it. You're just Whoa. you're sitting there watching it. And it's not as good. <laughs> it's not as fun.
3: Yeah. I think too, like the core of these games are the personalities and the characters. Mm-hmm. And yes, the set pieces are awesome to see and experience as a video game, and even more awesome to play. Uncharted 4, where you're dragged behind a Jeep, is just Beautiful. mind yeah. blowing. There's a scene on a train in Lost Legacy that is, I think, you know, pound for pound, probably one of the best set pieces in any video game. But at the core, it's relationships. It's Nate and Sully, Nate mm-hmm. and Elena, um, Elena and Chloe, and, and how they all interact with each other and the game does it so well with beautiful voice acting and motion capture capturing of these characters and this film lacks that mm-hmm. charisma between the characters the camaraderie yeah the camaraderie and, and and the inciting incident where they decide to work together <laughs> these moments are all like yes there are quips but it's like i just met someone Five seconds ago, I'm yeah. pretty sure they're trying to screw me, but also like nice shirt, idiot. Like it just felt like <laughs> not earned And the game, earns all of those things mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. and maybe it's because it's later, but you're jumping into Nate and Sully's relationship. And when Nate meets Elena, who's not, uh, I guess it's a spoiler to say who's not in the movie, but <laughs> Chloe is the female protagonist in, in the film. The first uh, game is uh, Elena and she's throughout the series, but like when Nate meets her, like you see that chemistry and who he is and how he's trying to take advantage of her professionally and use her to, for, you know, these ends that justify what he's doing. And she's along for this ride also to use him to get this great scoop and all of these rich, detailed, interesting characters. And in the film, it feels like, I mean, you guys joke about red notice on here, you know, enough, uh, it, it feels like red notice right mm-hmm. like it's just like these are very talented likable actors doing the things but somehow it's missing
2: <laughs> they feel like action figures yeah, yeah yeah
3: yeah it's missing it's missing the broth i don't know mm-hmm. jeff canada the broth
0: your thoughts on uncharted well dave
1: <laughs> i guess you could say my thoughts on uncharted are best summed up in the form of a limerick
0: really cathartic well dave there at that time that's yeah yeah you know,
1: the PlayStation games about Nate and Sully are always so great. When brought to the screen, it has some fun scenes, but I have to say greatness awaits.
0: Mm, Ooh, nice. Nice tie-in with the PlayStation yeah. uh, theme
3: logline there.
1: Thank you. Thank yeah.
3: you. Glad you caught that. I did like <laughs> how you were ready to call it out in case none of us did. Nah, I didn't think anybody was going to gonna get it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs>
1: So here's the thing about this movie. I am the worst person to review it. Um, <laughs> as you have already noted, uh, one of my best friends was supposed to direct it. Uh, the credits of this film have a story by credit with my old roommate, mm-hmm. whose wedding I officiated. Wild. And another of my very, very good friends, whose wedding I attended. Um, <laughs>
3: So not that good of a friend then. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, 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 you know, I, uh, Sorry, that's funny. I obviously love these games and have been excited about these games for a long time. Like, you know, I've dressed up as this character. People have said I looked like this character when I was younger and not an old fogey <laughs> like I am now. Uh, this is a movie that I really wanted to be great. Um, and I wanted my friends to make it <laughs> and, uh, I'm here to say it is not as terrible as I thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. but it, it is impossible for me to look at it without all the baggage that I brought into this experience with. I think, uh, you know, I, Devendra, you went on about Tom Holland. I think Tom Holland is great. He's great. Yeah. Um, I, I don't, you know, he wouldn't have been my choice for a uh, Nathan Drake. But of course, this is a sort of a younger version of Nathan Drake. This is supposed mm-hmm. to be the origin story, the meeting of Nate and Sully, and it's supposed to be a younger version of of, of Nathan Drake. And that's, that's fine. I think he's very charming. I actually think Mark Wahlberg does pretty good work in this movie um
2: he he, he is good in very silly situations right yeah the banter is
1: pretty good the banter is pretty good if it wasn't called uncharted and it was just sort of a throwaway action comedy i i don't think i would have as much of a problem with it right because i think that there's some fun stuff i think the final action set piece of this movie which is quite long and and quite grand um I think it's is is actually pretty fun. Um, I mean, I wish it had been what my friends wanted to make, <laughs> but the you know the I think it actually has some fun stuff in it. It is not a bad movie. It is not a, a a movie that is does not deliver any fun or insults your intelligence. There's some bad stuff. There's some egregious things in it. There's a a really terrible cameo. There's, mm-hmm. uh, yep. it, you know, there are, I agree with you guys wholeheartedly. I think it was Devendra who said the uh, the first action sequence, which is lifted right out of uh, one of the games, it, it really makes you realize why Tom Cruise wants to actually do stuff. Because mm-hmm. at no point did I ever think that anyone was in any danger or there was mm-hmm. any, and I, I ever think that anything was even remotely done real? You know, there was no point mm-hmm. at which I bought the scene. And that's not good. That's not what you want. You know, like, I en- I enjoy the over-the-top nature of what this main character is doing, but I think the goal is to make it feel like this may have happened, or at least a stunt person did something, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, it fails on that basic level. I think the last action sequence is also over-the-top and wild, but there's a joy to it. There's a, like, oh, I've never seen that before to it. I think one of the most egregious problems of this movie, actually, is that the treasure hunting, such as it is, the puzzle solving, the pursuit of the MacGuffin and all of the machinations required to put those pieces together are incredibly uninteresting.
2: So boring. (laughs) Incredibly uninteresting.
1: Just... Could not be more rote and uh, less interesting. There's just no life to it. There's, There's an entire section of the film where we are just doing the thing that you do in Uncharted movies and often in Indiana Jones movies and these kinds of films, which is follow the map. Figure out the clues, put it together, find the old thing that the ancient people did to hide the cool MacGuffin that you're looking for. (laughs) And in, you know, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, we have to put together the staff of Raw and shine the light right on the cool model of the town. And we're like all of that stuff is awesome and so fun. And we're, oh my God, why did it have to be snakes and all we're we're doing all kinds of really interesting stuff. In this movie. It is so boring. It really is. I hate using that word, but it is there's nothing even remotely clever about it. Mm-hmm. And the, the moment you see the little thing, you go, I know what that's gonna be used for. It, it's 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 so well I, I such think a letdown.
3: The, I think the banter is also a letdown there. Cause I think oftentimes in the games, um, you know, the act of doing things in the games. And again, these are some of my all time, very favorite video games ever made as a series, probably my favorite video game series ever made Uh, that or Metroid. It depends what corner you're pushing me into and which day. Um, But the banter and the characters make it memorable. In Lost Legacy, you spend time just driving around in a Jeep in an open world, little hub world, collecting little treasures, little MacGuffins here and there that are ultimately inconsequential to the story but seeing the characters and the way they interact and what they talk and what they do as you do the thing is so fun and so compelling and here during those moments sully and nate you know it's like the president you want to have a beer with them test like you don't want to have a beer with either one of these people except apparently nate's an alcoholic in this version like you don't want to it doesn't seem like they're having so much fun I want to be on that adventure with them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that's what makes it painful. Whereas otherwise, you know, you think of uh, using Indiana Jones again, which I think is going to be a hard franchise not to compare this to when, um, Sean Conroy and, um, Harrison Ford are adventuring. I don't care what they're doing. I'm having fun with them, you know, like those moments, but also they're
1: doing interesting, cool things. Like, <laughs> The Penitent yeah. Man Shall Pass is fascinating and cool and interesting, right? <laughs> like, the actual step-by-step, just pure plot reveals of where things are. Slamming the the stand into the, the floor of the library and breaking it open underneath. Like, that's cool and awesome! Well, and, like, in this movie there's like a it, there's a hole that opens up and that leads them to the the least interesting place they could have ever
0: been. Yeah. <laughs> okay so first of all Jeff I actually largely agree with your assessment of this film so like I I overall agree with what Jeff said I disagree about some of the particulars I think Mark Wahlberg basically sleptwalked his way through this movie I thought the banter was really rough like I I don't think I laughed a single time, or maybe I laughed once or twice, but like I really feel like the dialogue wasn't as snappy and as witty as it could have been, and certainly a far cry from the game, as Christian is indicating. But you have put me in the extremely unfortunate position that I hate you for, of needing to defend this film (laughs) against all of you, (laughs) and that is that, say what you will about how uninteresting and boring all of these treasure hunting activities are. But at least I consider them more realistic than what happens in the games and what I mean by that is in the games in, in even in Indiana Jones and those things it's like wait all these ancient people had like <laughs> access to like modern hydraulic technology and yeah yeah they oh, all oh, these trapdoors, you trap can, doors, you yeah. can they, they have photosensitive technology where if you put your hand <laughs> in something like it can detect that your hand is in a light and they'll de- you know it never made any sense to me whereas again, I, I agree that the treasure hunting is incredibly uninteresting in this <laughs> game. but I think it's kind of realistic. It's like,
3: realistic. Can, are you <laughs>
1: kidding me? I, I award zero buy... points. I award zero points for realism.
3: <laughs> for real... no way, no, no way a group of old 500 year ago people build the contraptions that exactly. this movie flies a camera through once. There's okay. no
0: way. All right. All right. Well, I, I think I'm it's more realistic than the you stuff that's in the that. games, okay? That's all of
1: it. <laughs> the idea that. Any any of the <laughs> chambers and compartments that are found under uh, the, the the streets of Barcelona in this movie wouldn't be a uh, discovered ten times over by any <laughs> any minor construction company doing any work in that city <laughs> yeah. is is nonsense.
0: I don't know if you know this, Jeff, but in this movie, one of the villains builds an entire uh, building over an archaeological site because that's how that works. Right, you know, like. You, you want to make sure you're continuing to unearth things after you've built the structure. Um, but anyway, uh, okay, that's not my strongest defense. Um, <laughs> but I think that overall, it, it's what you said. It's, it's not terrible, is what I would say about this one. Right, It's not terrible. And Tom Holland, I actually think he has the chops as a leading man. He actually for sure. really impressed me in this movie. Yeah. Um, and there's some decent there are some decent action scenes and some action scenes that are really rough. Uh, but there are some old school action scenes with some decent stunts in, in this movie. And, you know, I can understand why if you go to a movie theater and you're like, I want some old school action adventure, you pay for this ticket and you might not feel ripped off afterwards. And certainly, you know, millions of people made that bet this past weekend and and it is now. Uh, considered a franchise by the head of Sony. So, like, there's probably going to be another one of these. But, yeah, it's certainly underwhelming, certainly a far cry from the games, and does not measure up to what's in the uh, the brilliant series So of, of games. So, I think we have a few more thoughts on this movie. Yeah. Uh, let's get to them in spoilers, starting right now.
1: Now you're looking for the secret. Do to see this coming? No. But you won't find it, because of course... You're not going to see this coming. You're not really looking. I have
3: Puzzling over how it
1: works. You don't really want to work it out.
3: Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my
0: secret
1: You want to be fooled.
0: Here is the moment when I knew this movie was not great.
1: <laughs> the, the beginning? Uh, there is
0: a character <laughs> who slits Antonio Banderas' throat in the movie. <laughs> yeah. In a triple cross or whatever has, is going on at that point in time. And... <laughs> no blood comes out of his body as a result of that. Yeah, In the back I don't know of if you guys car, saw that, but
3: like, it's just like no. That was no. that was Antonio Banderas's dad. Oh yeah, this yeah, was yeah, yeah, Antonio Banderas. I, I was yeah.
0: surprised. That was actually a thing that surprised me.
3: No, that this, this is yeah on the
0: plane, yeah. and then like his throat gets slit, and then you see the little like makeup of like the throat getting slit, <laughs> but zero blood comes out of it. I'm like, yeah. wow, they couldn't even crop this out of the frame. Like it just. It looks awful. That that happens like way, way late in the movie, too. It took it took you a while there, Dave.
2: Oh, yeah. No, really be like this movie. (laughs) Not not so good. What you said before, by the way, is like, I I agree. There are worse movies out there. This is I I, I would say this is a bad movie, though. And I think the (laughs) thing about it's um, I think what's most disappointing is because we love the games. Mm-hmm. And the games have the potential for so much more. And that that's a weird thing that I keep seeing uh, people responding to my uh, written review about. It's like, have you even played the games? Yes. That's <laughs> why I'm so mad about this. If yeah. I didn't play the games, then I could just turn my brain off and be like, "Oh, eh, it's fine. I don't care. But I, I care, unfortunately.
0: I I I'm I'm going to tell you guys I am shocked at the amount of violently negative response I got to my TikTok about Uncharted where like I basically was like eh, I don't feel like Mark Wahlberg really put in that much effort into this movie I got fucking swarmed by Mark Wahlberg heads basically no I think like, they're called how the dare funky you bunch. question his commitment
1: to
2: how, sparkle how dare bunch. you
0: that's yeah, the funky we bunch um, ignore at
2: you. his racist crimes uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Don't yeah. don't say anything bad about
0: his performance. no no don't say anything yeah. bad about his performance in Charter. But any, anyway, it, I uh, here's a, the other thing I would say about um, this movie. I mean, I, you guys were alluding to it earlier. Let's just talk about the ending, right? Uh, the entire last thirty minutes revi- relies heavily on CG. My sense from this podcast, talk, like hearing you guys talk about it, is not a huge fan. Right? You guys aren't a huge fan of like well, also the ending uh, CG it, sequence. I it
2: shocked it me. Good, the sure. word the word you used, Dave, before was realism. The realism of lifting a 500 year old wooden boat (laughs) by helicopter Mm -hmm. to to have action sequences on it
1: as well. It's a a massive contrivance that makes no sense. And that these things were hidden inside something that had a hole big enough to pull a a (laughs) boat up out of. Uh, And And it wasn't visible through
0: satellite technology or anything like that. Yeah,
1: yeah. We wouldn't notice there's a giant hole. Uh, And that they knew. (laughs) <laughs> that we should probably, uh, you know, let's, let's let's get those choppers out because well, there'll probably be a hole in there where we where we can find them. Um, n- none of that makes any damn sense, but I- in total contrivance. But if you grant that nonsense, I mm-hmm. think the notion of this ship to ship battle that isn't right. actually on the water is a cool idea.
0: I agree. It's Cool. I agree. It's cool. Like it's a cool concept. The execution is a little bit lacking, and I think it's largely because at no point do you believe what's happening on the screen is actually happening, right?
3: No, because uh, there's a a crew of people standing just nonchalant <laughs> on the flying <laughs> boat as it's being. Yeah. It's like, and I don't want to. Yes, this is a it's it's a fantasy, right? It's a make pretend sure, sure. movie, but also uh, I'm getting uh, I'm, some carpentry work done at my home. We need some windows <laughs> fixed. I'm in a very old house. <laughs> Uh, we have a wonderful carpenter working and it is taking weeks yep. to get this stuff done. N- nothing this is built a, to
2: last ever. This, yeah. this
3: was a, a crew of six thugs who harnessed these nets around under these ships, <laughs> under them, <laughs> un, un, somehow under them to excavate them, to be, I mean, the, the, it took uh, about 10 minutes, I think, you know, yeah, in the movie. Yeah. Really easy. And I, I feel like, because I don't know what is a spoiler and what isn't some things that I can just say freely again, perfectly entertaining movie like i enjoyed red notice i will watch red notice too like good probably not but like what a fun thing to watch you know and i think uncharted falls into that the problem is that my expectations were so high you know, or mm-hmm. my hopes i should say not my expectations my yes. hopes um and when this movie opens everyone is so shiny and clean like <laughs> the wardrobe is so shiny uh solly supposed to be old why is mark Wahlberg's hair Clearly just for men. Yeah. Like, he, he's <laughs> in a tuxedo
2: more than he is in rugged adventure
3: clothes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Nate's Tom Holland's leather jacket is like just purchased. Like none of it looks <laughs> oh, lived man. in, mm-hmm. lived. in a way. The thing, and he,
2: the thing that made me cackle, by the way, directly re- related to this Christian, uh, Chloe, Drives a 2022 <laughs> Hyundai uh, compact SUV has has all the adventure gear on it. everything, Kit everything it out. on
3: snorkel. it, snorkel, yeah, everything
2: yeah. on it. It uh, looks completely untouched.
1: Just, it's just probably say, a yes. lease. She's probably leasing.
2: It's probably, you know? leasing. yeah, <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> Probably it a, does it could the be a thing rental. of, yeah, anyway. yeah.
3: Uh, of Nate's apartment is like I think he's supposed to be poor and that's supposed to be a not nice apartment, but it's huge and he lives alone. <laughs> he has, has a video. A, a gym. A, yeah, yeah. A window that looks out over like the hottest warehouse district and like just prime <laughs> real estate. That this like all it's all these little death mm-hmm. of a thousand cuts nits that that kind of keep happening. And again, I mentioned the inciting incident where. Nate's like no I'm not going to help you Sully and then Sully's like Mm. Mm -mm. I know your brother Sam and he's like wait what I'm going to break into your apartment and I'm going to help you let's go but I'm also going to trust you but I don't trust you and I'm saying I don't trust you but also here we go like there's just and then uh, Chloe when she double crosses them uh, (laughs) in the tunnel. If somebody did that to you (laughs) when they
0: met you you'd probably take a really long time to trust them again Mm -hmm. right you know just in real life
3: just in general. Also Nate just saved Chloe's life she stands up and she's like, I don't trust people. I'm gonna double cross you. Sorry, I can't trust you. And but I'm double crossing you to trust this comical villain who's like clearly a villain. And I'm trusting him. It I just like and then the last thing, because now I'm just kind of I, I get sad. A friend was texting me about the movie earlier today. I also got sad. There's a line where Tom Holland comes down and they're adventuring and he goes, Nuns, why does it have to be nuns? which feels like an homage to Indy. Yeah. Like a very, just very forced. Yes. A reference, but also like relevant quote to the character because he and his brother, Sam, wait, you know, my brother comma, Sam uh, grew up in an orphanage raised by these nuns who I guess were mean to Nate, except we don't see that. We don't see it. We We don't see see the nun be disappointed that they were breaking the law. You know, like trying to steal some stuff and got caught. Well, the
1: the whole movie is him, her saying, "Are you afraid of nun?" You know, the, there's a whole running gag about him being afraid of nuns.
3: After that comment,
1: after yeah, the, that, are you sure, I, I don't yeah. remember, but it may, well, whatever
3: I, I, the case, it was a lot of tell, not show. Would yeah, you agree, Jeff?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, no, I agree with that. I'm not, yeah. def- I'm not defending the movie.
3: <laughs> and as someone, my very last comment on this part, as someone who loves time jumps, I love time jumps i don't understand (laughs) this one
1: it's a whole movie a whole movie of 10 years later two weeks later
3: are you kidding me sign me up i feel like that's what inception was more or less just like time i'm like what is this happening is this a dream or is this real we're jumping around all over the place um i don't know why they open with the set piece to then flash me back to then bring me back to the set piece like it didn't have Wait, I was just very confused. Other than well, that, it, well, it was
0: it's the because thing we used in the if you started the movie without any action, the masses would get bored. You see, well, so I, you, you, I, I,
1: okay, I go promised, ahead. Jeff. I promised I wasn't going to defend the movie, but here I am defending do the it. movie.
0: I want to hear the defense.
1: I, I do defense. think it it is cool. Now, execution not great, right? But I do think conceptually it is cool to see that set piece from Nate's perspective and then go back and see mm. it. From the other perspective, we understand why the car is there, how the car comes out at him. Like right. We see it from one perspective where it's like, oh, my God, a car just hit him? And then you see, oh, my gosh, there's somebody driving that car. I, I do think seeing it from the two sides is, in theory, mm-hmm. a good s- structural idea. Yeah. It's a, but there's
0: it's, no, a cool, it's a cool opening concept, too. There's right? no like, narrative yeah. reason for it, though. There's no narrative reason for it. And, like... Uh, we just talked about severance tonight, and basically the way that that show reveals perspectives to you, there is a narrative reason for it, right? Well, like,
1: yeah, and 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 most of the time when you use that device, which is start in this, you usually start at at, at one of the most important moments of right. the film, exactly, and then yes. you and then you jump back and then you you drive Here's up to that moment here, and you see yeah. why it's the climax of the film. That is not at all one of the most important moments of the film. Exactly. So in that sense, exactly. yes. But yeah, I do think yeah. seeing it from two different sides is kind of yes. cool. So in
0: concept, it's cool. I, I would agree. That's just a cool concept in general for any movie, right? Because, but yeah, yeah. Um, okay. Any other thoughts, folks?
3: Nolan North, dude. Oh yeah. So uh, speaking of doing? forced
0: things, speaking of forced things, Jeff, uh, you alluded to this in your your review, but this is probably one of the roughest, it's sort of fan service-y references I've seen in a movie in
1: a while. Just shoehorned garbage. Mhm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and yeah. it made me embarrassed for Nolan North a little bit. You know, like
0: Cuz it's we've seen so many of these these things done right yes. over over the years, right? Um and then to just see it kind of shoehorned in there in a very clunky way, kind of disappointing. But yeah. Yeah.
3: And then Also, th- th- they, they, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: There was that uh that resort island was just behind them? <laughs> They, t- they turn around. The camera never pants to it. But they're like, hey, look at that. Cut to resort island. And then
3: they swim there, yeah. I guess. Yeah. From the middle of the ocean. Or from wherever they are. Yeah. And Chloe's double cross, so funny. I, I don't I mean, again, it's it's with it's with love that I'm so disappointed. Um Uncharted is the characters, that's the core. Then after that, it's climbing and shooting in the adventure and i i was shocked that this movie had little climbing mm-hmm. honestly <laughs> like i think you do some pretty cool death defying i mean tom cruise it's hard also not to compare it to mission impossible movies but like tom cruise climbed something in every mission impossible and it's always yeah. a cool scene the, the opening of mission impossible 2 that, that that is tom cruise again risking his life <laughs> it's it's his, really cool his armpits yeah He climbs rocks, he climbs buildings, he climbs buildings on rocks, he climbs anything. He sits on tops of buildings that are on rocks. Uh, Fun cinematic moments. And shooting, like great gunplay, is also very exciting. Like they give you one hero moment where, you know, Tom Holland puts on the Nate holster and and he like turns and pivots and shoots one person. Okay, I don't know. I just feel like... They didn't deliver on the promise of the premise of the name Uncharted. Again, if this Mm -hmm. had been called anything else, I probably would have been like, man, it has been a long time since I felt joy watching a movie, (laughs) you know, gone and done something. (laughs) Like, if you feel safe, go to the theaters, you know, have a good time. Tell your friends you love them. (laughs) It's a great night. Um, But knowing that it's Uncharted, it makes me sad. I'm going to drop a couple of controversial statements right before we head out of here.
0: Uh, and maybe give you guys not enough time to respond to them. But I'm going to just say this. I actually thought that the way this movie handled the Nate Brothers story was better than the games. How dare you? What? I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, I thought it was wildly implausible in the games that he had a long lost brother that no one knew about the entire time. I will grant you that.
2: I will grant you that.
0: Um, And then I'm also going to put this out there. You know, Christian, you alluded to him shooting this guy. And I will say that my Ludo narrative dissonance was much lower watching the movie, in which I don't think Nate murders a single person.
1: Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, I don't think I don't think you oh, needed to have him murders. shoot anybody or pick up an AK-47 at any point to be. He a gun definitely kicked some
0: dudes off that flying boat, so yeah, yeah. yeah but he yeah. he kills comparatively probably one percent of the people, that, the number of people that he sure. kills in the games. Sure, and that makes it much easier to buy him as a you know underdog scamp.
1: You know, yeah. Um, so I'm just gonna. Oh, put I definitely that agree with that. I don't think it's it's inherent to the character. He needs to be shooting, and I and I did think you know if this was a better movie, the moment where he gets the shoulder holster would have been awesome. Yeah, right? that, yeah. having that as a thing that happens in this movie, just picking oh, it up yeah. off a dude and putting it on f- feels like it could have. If it was a better movie, it would have been like, oh yes, you know, there it, it is. It, but, it
0: reminded me of, like, when Wolverine got his jacket
3: yeah. in X-Men Origins Wolverine. It's yeah. like, yeah, there's
0: no reason this should be a big deal, you know? But for some reason, the movie are, thinks it is.
3: Those yeah. moments, and, and that's where I, again, I was like, this could have been... It's, it, I, like, there are glimpses of it. Like, when the original score starts playing and Tom oh, yeah. Holland is Nate. Like, there are moments where Tom Holland, I think, does embody a young Nate really, really well. And, you know, doing some of these action scenes or... I, I think having... Moments of reflection about what he's doing. I think like his bartending scenes are almost better, Nate moments in terms of like conversation with customers at the bar where he's like very confident and comfortable and, and quipping yeah. and having he's basically... actually flipping
2: <laughs> bottles and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Like, and also like one sided conversation, like he's like he knows this person, but you can tell it's this wall he puts up as he does this stuff. Like, there's those moments there where it's like, the score would rise and I'd be like, this is what I want. And then there just weren't enough of them. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Also well, the plan, you know, guys, the plan at the, at the auction is a terrible plan. <laughs> it's a terrible I mean, plan. It, it does.
0: It is basically a uh, heavily inspired by the uh, same plan in uncharted four. Um, right, right. Where they cut true. the power and then steal the thing off the thing. But yeah, it goes way, way worse in the movie than it does in the video game. Yeah. Um, but uh, here I'll close with this question. Hiren Patel is asking, in the chat, uh, the live chat, as we're streaming on YouTube. Uh, are you guys looking forward to a sequel? Christian Spicer, would you uh, would you watch this? Se- you, you, you know, on this podcast, we're probably going to, ha- quote unquote, have to watch it. Mm-hmm. But you don't.
3: So if there was a sequel, which it looks like they're going to be,
0: uh, are you going to watch it?
3: Real cool way to find out you're not getting invited back onto the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: cuts. No sorry. Yeah. Cuts. Yeah. I'm the
3: podcast won't exist by then.
1: You'll point. never yeah. have to watch anything ever again. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I am excited for a sequel. I think there are enough movie franchises out there that show that sequels can take a, a shaky foundation and make them better. And I, I do think that there is talent attached to this and now dollar signs attached to it that hopefully warrant putting in that time and effort to, to make it the best it can be. And I, and I mm-hmm. am excited about a sequel and I hope it's great. And I hope Elaine is in it because I really love that character. For sure. And also, also you know, Nadine make, why wasn't she Nadine in this movie? Yeah, that was Nadine.
2: That, that can anyway. work. Um, the first Uncharted
3: game. Not very good. I need
2: to say that <laughs> it's fine. It was perfectly fine for the time. It was Uncharted 2 that made us think, like, oh man, they're doing the big set pieces there, and it looks better, and it like functions a lot better. So, like, sure. In the the spirit of the series, is that the sequel
0: will dramatically fix things? I, I can only hope. May this be the uh, may the sequel be the among thieves of the cinematic universe. Um, exactly. Jeff Kanata, are you looking forward to a sequel? What do you think?
1: Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I yeah, I I remain hopeful uh that you guys are correct and that this the second one improves uh, dramatically on the first but I, I and and maybe you know just sometimes the the effort and process of of getting the thing made uh, this was such a protracted yeah effortful kind of dismal road to the screen uh with with i don't know how many directors that came and went uh, on it um, sometimes just like getting over that hump and then the second one, just giving it to a, a, one team that can make the movie they want to make, hopefully, and not have it be handed off and handed off and handed off. Maybe that does bode well for a sequel improving on this one. But ultimately, I, you know, I this is not a franchise I'm excited to see more of. I just, I mean, I hope that Naughty Dog makes more games, but that's what I hope. For
2: sure. I can only I think... imagine like uh, John Watts, just watching this movie and be like, oh. just licking his lips. Like, just, just <laughs> let me at it. Let me it. I know what to do.
0: I think that as long as Tom Rothman is in charge of Sony, I don't know that we're going to get a good Uncharted movie. That's yeah. kind of where I'm at right now. I mean, yeah. here's the thing about Tom Rothman. The dude knows how to fucking deliver results, man. I mean, look at the last few movies that have been released. You're t- talking about, um, I mean, Spider-Man, No Way Home, if you count that but you got Venom 2, Venom 1, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Every single one of those movies I just listed was a hit. Every single one of those movies. And despite, you know, his ways he's been able to like uh, bring in money at a time that's very challenging for a lot of studios. Uh, But unfortunately, I think a lot of those movies are bad. And I think this one is kind of among them. It's not the worst, but... It's pretty rough. It's like the outline of a movie, right? Mm-hmm. kind of like the, feels like Venom. Venom is like the outline of a movie. Um, and yeah, you it can't... has like all the stuff that, you know, it has a good guy, a protagonist and a bad guy, but it's like just, just sketches of these things. And that's kind of what this movie felt like a lot to me. Uh, and I'm bummed out that the movies aren't good. And I'm also bummed out that they're making a lot of money. Well, because yeah, it means you, that maybe the next one is not going to be very good. And also mm-hmm. will make a lot of
1: money. You can't so, argue with results unless you define results as quality.
0: Indeed. Indeed. Well, at the end of the day, guys, it's still pretty impressive that Ruben Fleischer made a film. So we can end it there. Uh, but yeah, we'll wrap up now. Um, and uh, stay tuned if you want to hear what we'll be discussing next week. But in the meantime, I want to say you can find more episodes of this podcast at filmcast.com. Email us at at gmail.com. Our theme song comes courtesy of Tim McEwen. From The Midnight, check out his new project, Varsity. Blue, our weekly plugs bumper comes from Noah Ross. Our spoiler bumper comes from filmmaker and YouTuber Kyle Corwith. This episode was edited by Beatty Zang. Christian Spicer, this has been so much fun, and we uh, really appreciate you stopping by our podcast. really appreciate you stopping by Jeff's Second favorite, the B
1: team, as I like to call them.
0: Yes, the B team. No, you know, this, I'm so blessed that you said B instead of D or C. You know, that's, very,
1: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I could have the uh, yeah. the. This seems like a perfect opportunity for listeners to now download the DLC podcast for the first time, if they mm-hmm. have not. Right, right, Christian. Yes,
3: yes, yes, indeed. If they don't want to hear about Uncharted, uh, a franchise that we love. <laughs> and have nothing but praise for check out the dlc video game podcast which you can find at 5 by five
1: dot no no five by five no, dot TV not slash, right. DLC. <laughs> slash dlc
3: even com. i know that's not right Christian wow. hey it's a redirect i had confidence though and i as i've learned
1: you did have confidence
3: that gets you most
1: of the way when you don't know you just say wherever you get fine podcasts that's what you say
3: yes, yes. or yes. you can support the show at patreon.com dlc pod.
1: Yeah, nailed it. All right.
0: Um, well, I you know, I also wanted to say um, something else. Yes. Okay. Guys, uh, in the movie, right, early scene, Nathan Drake opens up like a suitcase from his brother and there's a Naughty Dog bumper sticker, like kind of sticker on it, implying that in the universe of this movie, Naughty Dog as a company exists. Do you think they made the Uncharted games in this universe? What do you guys think? doesn't really make much sense does it
1: <laughs> just they just made the uh last they of
3: just us made games. last just of cra- us right just, no just crash just yeah, crash, crash Bandicoot. <laughs> just crash Bandicoot and
2: that's it and now down. they're onto the open world crash games yeah
3: <laughs> yeah this is, a, this
2: the, is
1: yeah. back in time yeah where you can yeah. only
0: run towards the camera
2: uh, unfortunate unfortunate <laughs> idea
0: yeah next week we're gonna be reviewing scream 5 i know what many of you are thinking wait scream 5 didn't that come out two months ago the answer is yes but it is finally hitting but video on demand. shut up <laughs> yeah please <laughs> and don't spoil it <laughs> uh it's finally coming out on video on demand and uh we are so pleased we have a great guest lined up to talk about it uh and so uh check it out it'll be out on video on demand uh you can rent it or buy it and then uh watch it and then come listen to the podcast the film cast thanks for listening we'll see you later